This week on the rundown, exclusive news, battleground predictions. Did I mention the exclusive news? Theme song, theme song, theme song, theme song! My anus gapes anew. It's episode 303 of The Rundown. My name is Adam. I'm your host, sweating like a bastard. It is Thursday, July the 20th, 2017. Joining me this week, Jason is here. I know those lines you read come directly from our host thread, <laughs> but I don't remember that one, and I'm glad I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also joining us this week, special guest, because he promised to come here all the time, and then he never fucking shows up. Taz is here. I mean, Sal What's is up? here. What's up, Rundown? <laughs> the only way I ever know if Sal is showing up on the show is I don't get any voicemails in the mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no sense uh, in leaving a voicemail if I'm going to be live. It's true. And in living color. Sal Adams just used to use stuff in his box. Yeah. My anus escapes anew. There you go. My uh, anus escapes anew. <laughs> and if you would like to discuss Adam's anus, you can uh, join us live on our YouTube channel. If you're there, you'll look over to the right hand side of your screen. You'll see a box. It'll say live chat. You'll see a guy by the name of Matt Riley hanging out in there already. We call it the Smathers Lounge, although we might have to rename it because Smathers has been slipping. We encourage you Ooh. to slip in there, slip off your pants, grab yourself some oil, make yourself comfortable. You can do it without the oil, but it's not as much fun. And uh, join the. Oh. <laughs> Join the it's conversation, share your thoughts. We got a huge stacked show tonight. We have an exclusive, exclusive announcement that we will get to later. Probably uh, more relevant to our fans in the New England area. But still. But still. Uh, pretty, exclusive. Pretty exclusive and awesome. Very, uh, yes. very excited about this. I am. As well, you should be. Even if you're not in the New England area, you should be excited about this announcement because it's just so fucking cool. And exclusive. Okay. Exclusive. Nobody else has it. Uh-uh. We also have some uh, news to discuss <clears throat> that was broken today, exclusive to our buddies over at the New Age Insiders podcast, too, but we'll get to that in a little bit as well. Well, all right. Was it broken? Not broken like that. Ah, oh, damn it. Still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Ah, where should we begin this week? I know. You guys, Mike Canellas mm-hmm. had a match in WWE. That's where you started? I put this list together in what I thought was kind of order of importance from the stuff that uh, happened this week, and you jumped right there. You didn't tell me it was an order of importance. Well, I kind of figured it went without saying by looking at the freaking list, but okay, we'll get started. I'm, I'm more than happy to You get to mad at me Mike. when I jump around. You get mad at me when I don't jump around. Well, because you get mad at you me when I get out of around, my seat and I jump around. I organized the jump list around. so that we didn't have this issue. Now we're bitching jump at around. each other live on air. This is not good radio. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Adam. Get your shit together. Yeah, so uh, Mike Canales debuted in the ring this week on SmackDown, uh, scoring a dubious victory, if you will, over the uh, underdog from the underground, Sami Zayn. Uh, Taz, do you think they ruined him? No. 
I do not. I love Mike Canellis. I love the whole gimmick. I, I'll admit, I was a little uh, not so great when he first showed up on SmackDown in the, in the middle of Maria's promo. Sammy just walked out. Music hit. And everybody was like, oh, well, I have a match. Sorry. I got to go to the ring. But uh, Mike hitting him with the vase last week was amazing. And uh, I think, you know what? Mike and Maria has always had that very good uh, ability to be hated. Did you just say Mar- vase? What, what what did he hit uh, Sammy with? I've heard it pronounced vase, and I've heard it pronounced vase. I've never heard anyone say vase. Okay, vase. Vase. He hit him with a vase. Uh, and Maria <laughs> jumping in the ring this week to distract yeah. the referee was perfect. They are the new Mike and... Mike Mizan and, and Maurice of SmackDown. The, uh... <laughs> so great. A big mark. mark for that song. Big great. mark. <laughs> Same here. Uh, I'm a big that- mark for... Uh, people remember I went back when I was the only one discussing TNA on this show. Uh, I was a big fan of uh, Mike Canales, Mike Bennett back then, as well as, as during miracle. his indie career. The miracle Mike Bennett. I, I sort of liked the miracle better than, than what he's doing now. I liked, uh, But, you know, we'll see how this plays out long term. Hey, love uh, hurts. It does. And uh, I like the miracle in progress as a name for that finisher more than I like. What is it called? The power of love or something like that. Uh, it was um, something really trite and dumb, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was uh, – the work was, was good. It's hard to imagine that, any match that with right, Sammy. That right hand before the finisher, though, was fantastic. That yeah. was oh, yeah. so great. But just the way they coordinated the finish with Maria getting in there and, and distracting him enough for him to – so it really kind of sold the whole gimmick of, of her being the power behind the couple, um, being responsible for his win. They gave Sammy the out of being able to say, you know, she cost him the match. I thought everything was done beautifully, and I thought it set up very nicely for apparently what's going to be a rematch at the pay-per-view. I'm perfectly all right with that. And, and yeah, like you had said a couple weeks ago, this is a great first feud from Mike. Uh, I, you know, those two are just... She's great on the mic. I think that's really underestimated how good she is and how much heat she can get. So she's definitely better than Maurice in that department. But, um, yeah, let's see what they do this Sunday at Mike Bennett's pay-per-view debut. Yeah, I we I mean, we talked about it when they started having this program between the two of them that uh, Sammy is the perfect starting opponent for for Mike to, to bring out the best and show show the WB what he can do if they have not uh, followed him previously. Uh. <laughs> Did you just notice that on there? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have a uh, for the little inside baseball on this one. We have a, a sheet of rundown topics uh, we're going to discuss throughout the course of the show. Uh, I made the mistake of sharing it out to the other co-hosts if there's <laughs> anything they wanted to add. Uh, and occasionally, I'm guessing Troy. I'm, I am as well. I'm guessing that was true. Uh, threw something in there just to, to see if I notice, and I just <laughs> noticed it now. So, uh, and I'm not even. We're not going to discuss it on the show, but Troy, the answer is no. But I'll go looking for it <laughs> afterwards. Leave them. Leave them in suspense. Leave them wanting more as to what that topic may have been. Yes. Um, when Troy right. returns, we can discuss it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Since you're so enamored with this uh, with this list, shall we start at the top then? Then don't, I won't do the fucking list if you unlock the list. <laughs> oh, for the love. <laughs> Speaking of lists, you know what, Adam? You want to make fun of the rundown sheet? 
You want to have jokes and make comments? Guess what, pal? <laughs> you just made the list! Not really. I just deleted you from it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the big story this week, the big thing, big item, finally revealed Kurt Angle's possible career-ending secret. <laughs> He had sex with a black lady. <laughs> I, I, was it, our, was it our host thread? I think somebody pointed out that he said nine months after their last, after their last date. Yeah, that so, was pump and dump. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, me. Jason Jordan <laughs> is Kurt Angle's illegitimate child. Although I think my new favorite line from our host thread regarding this topic has to go to Troy for saying Kurt Angle added a fourth I for interracial. <laughs> Uh, Smathers in the house has joined us in the Smathers lounge. Uh, about time he showed up, but in any event, uh, Smathers says live shows have a different feel without the pyro, in case anyone was wondering. And uh, no one gave a fuck live, by the way. So Smathers, of course, our car- our, our uh, chat room uh, hobo, if you will, is uh, live this week at the Nashville tapings of Raw. So if he has any particular insight to things that maybe we didn't see on TV, I'm sure we'd love to hear him share those in the chat room. And Adam's left the show. Okay, so uh, Taz, uh, Jason Jordan being revealed as Kurt Angle's illegitimate child. I guess maybe now he is legitimate. I don't know. We'll find out. But uh, your thoughts on this angle? So on which angle, Jason or Kurt? Mana, ma, mana, ma. Alright, speaking of, <laughs> of the live crowd in Nashville, I, I am interested in what Smathers would, would say as far as the reaction, because it didn't seem like a lot of people in that building when that was revealed were kind of like, what? Wait, for real? And, you know, albeit for me to, you know, say something's ruined before it actually gets started. No. No, 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 no. Um, no, I, I I, am decently interested in this. In my opinion, Jason Jordan was doing nothing on SmackDown. He was doing nothing but dark matches and house shows. This kind of gives him a fresh start. I think the better story, if it was going to ruin his career, was that they should have told is that Kurt knew about it and ran away anyway because he didn't want to be a father that young. That's kind of the route the route I would have went down, but of course they're not going to do that to Kurt. Um, but I'm not against it as so many other people I've seen on Twitter are. I mean, come on, guys, what did you expect? Did you expect he was going to be Vince's son or something? I see. I don't have a problem with the angle in and of itself. I think I always dislike the illegitimate child thing. I did like I didn't like it when they did it yeah. with with uh, Hornswoggle or Mister yeah, Cody hey, or hey, any of that thing, stuff. Things are looking up. Okay. Um, because I, th- I think it really limits where you can go with that character once you make them a family member of somebody else, even in an on-air role. Uh, now, perhaps somewhere down the line we've set up for the possibility of finding out that Jordan does a heel turn, finding out that he set up the whole thing to use Kurt's influence in the company and his position as GM to get himself ahead, and that would be a cool thing to do with it to kind of end the actual connection. Um, but... 
I dislike it not for that reason, but I dislike it really because, as anyone that listens to this show regularly can tell you, I'm a huge, I was a huge mark for the American Alpha Tag Team. I feel like they never really got a chance to establish themselves as a, as a team that they should have. Um, and that's sort of my biggest problem. Not necessarily that they're breaking up all these teams, but that they're really breaking up these teams before they establish them to the extent that the crowd is really emotionally invested in the split. Um, you go back and you remember you things like Marty Jannetty getting thrown through the plate glass window. You remember. You were invested in the Rockers. You had a long history with them. They were established. Even, and to a more recent extent, DIY to that NXT crowd was established. They were, they were, there was an emotional connection to that team because they were at the top of the chain. Uh-huh. Enzo and Cass never really got there on Raw. Never even got a tag team run in either promotion, uh, right. either whatever you want to call it, uh, Raw or NXT. And American Alpha kind of came up from NXT and was a forgotten. I was on the Island of Misfit Toys on SmackDown since they got there. For whatever reason, I have no idea. I've never been able to figure that out. Uh, I think that's a team they could have built the entire tag division around going forward and into the future. Uh, but they've decided to split them. But nobody cares. They, they, nobody. There's not that connection to Alpha. There's not that connection to Enzo and Cass. Um, and as a result, it just kind of makes the fact that they split up when it should have meaning. I did laugh at uh, at Gable's tweet though, where Gable just uh, Chad Gable just took to Twitter after the announcement and just put, um, what? Yeah, <laughs> and that uh, made me laugh. Got a couple more visitors in the chat room. Uh, Ken has joined us. Ken Lockhart in the house. Uh, I mentioned Smathers is there. Uh, he said Cruiserweight's got a bigger reaction. Uh, and half the arena was getting popcorn during those matches. Okay. Um, also says, oh, sorry, who else? We, oh, Matt. Matt Riley says uh, he's glad Jordan's finally getting a singles push. He'll think he thinks he'll make for a good mid card guy, unless with Kurt's influence, he'll be in the universal title picture. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I, I guess Matt sort of touches on, uh, in a way, what I'm getting at. I don't see this angle getting Jason Jordan any further than the mid-card as a singles competitor, whereas I thought he could have been a top of the division in the tag team with with Chad Gable. Sure, sure. But the problem with that is that he wasn't getting there with Chad Gable. They were doing nothing with Alpha, really, for months. They won the tag team titles, and you don't even remember that they did because that's how short-lived their reign was. It wasn't it, that it was short lived. It was that it was unmemorable. You look at the fact they left yeah. them off WrestleMania. Yeah. They, they, despite the fact they had a very good program at the time going with the Usos, they just they they left a lot on the table with Alpha. I feel like they left a lot on the table with Enzo and Cass. And I guess they sort of did Alpha in a way where you can bring them back and make them a team as a sort of an amicable. Hey, we're an just amicable split. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Enzo and Cass, I don't know, you can put back together, but, mm-hmm. you know. Now, would you agree that, that Johnny Gaga and Tommaso Ciampa's, you know, despite the injury, the the, the actual split was handled beautifully? The, oh, yes. I, and I, I was on record here and saying that. And that, that's, to me, is the difference between what I talked about with Alpha. There was an investment in those characters. The crowd felt like they were behind these guys. They really were cheering for them. They, they loved the team of DIY. Mm-hmm. Um so that made that moment special when they did it. It was an oh shit moment. It was it was the barbershop moment of NXT, and uh, it was dur- this, it was right after the main event right. of that pay per view. 
and it seemed to come out of nowhere. This was a fart in church because nobody <laughs> cared that Enzo broke up. I'm sorry, that uh, Alpha broke up. No, nobody did. It was it, the Alpha part was a complete afterthought. And and considering who's the guy booking it, Triple H has been on record as being a fan of tag team wrestling. <laughs> Vince has never cared about his tag team division. Go back and look how they treated the Legion of Doom, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, when they got to the WWF. And it's been worse. I think, in, in fact, I think Vince has started looking at tag teams as just either a comedy act or some type of uh, pre-show opener. Because either it's Brizongo and, and or you have like Goldust and R-Truth that was a tag team for a while. But there's no kick-ass tag teams anymore. It's just not something that Vince books on his shows. Well, and they're also, if you look at it, they're, they're sort of breaking up all the face teams. And the question then becomes, where are the replacements for these guys? I mean, I, yeah, we'll get to battleground predictions later, but you almost have to assume New Day's winning because who else? I mean, the Usos have already beaten Brizongo, right. Fashion Police. They've already beaten um, – who else is, am I thinking of? Uh, well, they're, they're about to split the hype bros up. I think we all see the writing on the wall for that one. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. else And who else is on SmackDown? Who else do they have for face teams? Oh, he, no, New Day's going to win. That's almost a guarantee. Uh, and like you said, it's just because they don't have anybody else at this point. They could fight the Ascension. Right. Vince doesn't even know who the Ascension are. <laughs> Maybe they could bring back the Headbangers for another run. There Ugh. you go. They can spoil that, it on, that's how Vince has viewed Twitter. his tag team division for years now. It's just—it's a comedy act. It's a joke. And you f- No, you didn't. I was going to say you forgot about Slino, but they're on Raw now. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Ken says, I'm assuming he's talking about Jordan. Way too soon to be a main eventer. Agree. I don't think that's what's in the cards for him. Uh, Smathers responds with two vanilla to be a main eventer, and we'll see. Uh, uh, I think I, he's more I chocolate. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to make that joke. Uh, L- Kenny says uh, Champa needs to be on the main roster. As long as it's not 205 Live, I'm okay with that. Uh, and Smathers again says Enzo was over as hell, by the way. Loudest pop of the night. Hardys were number two, and they hated Reigns. So par for the course. <laughs> Okay, now I'm glad Smathers said that about Enzo because you had mentioned that the fans didn't care about Enzo and Cats splitting up, and I disagree with that. No, 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 I did not say that. I said they weren't invested in that team, that there was money left on the table in a tag title run with those guys. Okay, Mm -hmm. sure. And I think there was. I I really think the Hardys' return coming when it did kind of screwed the pooch on that for them. I really think they they were set to win those titles at WrestleMania in that ladder match. And they hot-shotted him onto the Hardys, and then it was kind of like, well, what do we do with these guys? Because Enzo and Cass, I really feel, were set to be the big face tag team on Raw. Except when the Hardys came back and took that spot, they were kind of like, well, what do we do with these guys now? Uh, Let's split them up. Mm Because I I have a feeling that as soon as Vince saw Cass, he was already thinking of ways to get him as a singles guy. But the problem is is that, and to your point, they should have never have split up Enzo and Cass because one without the other is really no good. Enzo is a great talker. He can have a lot of sympathy. Um, do I see him getting some type of mid-card title? No. Do I see him even wrestling a match from here on out? Yeah, maybe once a month. And Cass is, like you said a couple weeks ago, he's got the size, but he's got that skinny, fat look, and he's kind of deer headlights out there when he's cutting promos and... He can beat Big Show all he wants. Is he really going to be a main eventer for this company? No. No. No, not at all. So, I mean, the better act was him with Enzo because Enzo could pretty much talk for him. 
Sure, I, I don't think his promos have been that bad as. Um, no, but they're just you, you could you know there's no there's nothing behind them. Uh, Kenny says Champa could be on SmackDown Live. Just saying, I'd rather they do something with Ty Dillinger right now and bring Champa up later. But that's just me. Yeah. Instead of having him fight AIDS on the pay per view every month. And then, Again. But the um, but but the not one even thing on, I will not say even on the pay per view on the on the kickoff show because yeah. it won't be on the DVD. Right. That's true. The one thing I will say about Dillinger is that when they need to, you know, cook him up, you know, you put him in that the final three of the Battle Royal last week, he was great. Fans reacted to him. But And, and that's great, Sal, and I agree with that. And this is exactly what I, what I saw coming up for him. The problem is you waste that goodwill when you then follow that up doing nothing with him. And it doesn't take too long for fans to forget about him. To get bored, yeah? No, you're right. You're absolutely right on that. I think he needs a strong program, and it's definitely not Aiden English. Part of the, uh, part of the problem is that all the top mid card guys are kind of in a in a rut on SmackDown because the secondary title is being fought for by the main event guys on SmackDown, and that's kind of I yeah. think throwing everything for a loop. Now that being said, I would assume that the Ginger Randy feud shit. comes to an end this Sunday. I would hope so. So Jinder has to move on to a new challenger. And do we see anybody kind of rising from that mid card to challenge Jinder going into SummerSlam? Uh well, of course the rumors going into SummerSlam are that it's going to be Cena and Jinder. That's that's not a mid carder. <laughs> well, he's not at the top of the card on this coming pay-per-view, so. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Honestly, a fucking flag match in 2017. All right, we want to. Well, let, let, we can jump to that because I'm gonna. I'm gonna shock some people on this one. Are we done? With, hold on, we really haven't even scraped the surface here on Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan. I feel like we're kind of glossing over that. We got the end zone and cast somehow out of there. Um, the funniest part to me, and maybe it's just the power of suggestion, but watching that interview with the two of them post Raw, I sat there and went, "Oh, I sort of see a resemblance between these right. two. Yeah, right, exactly." <laughs> That was, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. But then again, I also saw the same thing when I was watching Gable on SmackDown because I, you know, I don't know, something about the, I don't know, it was weird. But um, I enjoyed that interview. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the the story that they were telling. I enjoyed yeah. the shortness of it, how they, ba- how Angle, you know, cut it off saying, can I just, can I, I appreciate doing this, but can, can I just have some time with my, with my new son? Yeah. <laughs> I, here's the thing I'm going to give him the most credit for. They didn't leave anything. Everything was explained. They made a point right. to have Corey put over why he was involved in this. Exactly. And I thought that was a big, big plus for the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Certainly. they could have just left that hanging and people are like, well, why the f-? Oh, people won't remember that. But they didn't. They took the time to fucking explain it. And I give them credit for that because I think that was a, a good sign to see that they paid that attention to detail. Yeah. Now, let me that tell was, you that, how I found out. my biggest out. question over the past few weeks is, why the fuck is Corey getting these text messages, too? Um, yeah, we got it all, right. all played out. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, let, let me tell you how I found out that Jason Jordan was uh, being portrayed as Kurt Angle's son. Are you going to talk about uh, the guy on ho- Twitter? No, no, no. Uh, okay. I, got, I got home late on Monday. I got home around 1040, and I turned on Raw, which is like the worst thing you can do because you're going in blind. But I knew that Roman and, and, and Samoa Joe were going to be fighting at that time. So I watched that match with no knowledge of, of that they had already done the angle uh, segment. I thought that was coming after the match. Uh. 
So out of nowhere, after Raw, you know, as Raw's going off the air, they cut to a, a backstage with Renee, and they're like, coming up next on the WWE Network, and I'm like, wait, why is Kurt Angle sitting next to G? What the fuck did I miss? <laughs> then after going back and watching it, I can say that it's much better option than him having an affair with Dixie Carter. Yeah. It's much better an option than him being one of Stephanie McMahon's daughter's father. So, you know, I'll take. Was that I'll, even, I'll, I'll like was that even something that was on the table? That's a horrible idea. Oh, yeah. that, well, that might have been on the table from one of our uh, people in the host tread, but you know. Right. Well, and this was always the thing with me when we're planning out what this announcement could have been it was because there were so few options that people were presenting that wouldn't make Angle look like a heel. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he mm-hmm. cheats on his wife, and he's the face. No, he's you know, but he's and props and props Stephanie. to Angle for selling the hell out of that. Yeah, with the tears and the crying and everything, I, yeah, fant- the whole thing was great. Yeah, his facials were great this week as well. Um, what? Which uh, when you Kurt said a- it a little bit Kurt earlier, Adam, Adam nothing. always takes it to a dirty place. Never mind. I do, I do. <laughs> Jason, when you said a little bit earlier that you know later on down the road they could easily turn Jordan heel, mm-hmm. you see that when you see how invested you know Kurt Angle the character is in this guy being his son, right? You know, it would break his heart if Jordan was like, I just used you to get on, you know, get to the top. Right. I'm interested. And they're already, they're already teasing the, the whole conflict of interest thing with, hey, he's his father, but he's also the general manager. So how are uh-huh. we going to, how are we going to be fair with that? And I sort of like the idea, and this is a little bit goofy, but uh, Gabe, uh, not Gable, uh, Jordan went on Twitter that night and said, hey, I guess I'm gold-blooded. And I kind of yeah. like that line. <laughs> it's a good t-shirt right there. Uh, check it and see. It sells itself. Yes. Uh, there was also a guy on Twitter, I forget who, I, I apologize to him, I forget who he works for, but he's a kind of does wrestling reports, I think maybe Sports Illustrated, who uh, said after the fact, said, go back and check all my tweets from today. Yeah, I'll, went back, I'll find it. Keep talking. Somebody went back and looked at it, and I think the first word of every tweet he had said that day, if you read them all out in succession, said something to the extent of, Jason Jordan is Kurt Angle's son, you fucking marks, or something like that. It, even going back in that guy's timeline, he had posted yes. a picture of he had put Jordan's uh, Michael Jordan's face on Kurt Angle's body. Yeah, it, and, is, it is James McKenna at Chill Hartman. Uh, C-H-I-L-L-H-A-R-T-M-A-N, senior news producer at Wrestling Sheet. Uh, Wrestling Sheet sorry. Film geek, all opinions are my own, except blah, 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 ProWrestlingSheet.com. But yes, uh, yes, J- Jason from Friday the 13th is 100% the greatest horror movie villain of all. Jordan mm-hmm. is always going to be better than Lonzo Ball, just because only <laughs> one. Is it just me, or is a goofy movie anyone else's favorite Disney flick ever? Angle's complete bewilderment in all of these photos makes me happy. Son of the Beach is greater than Son of the Mask. You think that when they were making the Dennis Farina Unsolved Mysteries, something about blah, 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 Robert Stack... Idiots are running everything in New York. Denotes everything. Yes, Jason Jordan is Angle's son. You idiots. So good on that, dude. Um, yeah, seriously. Taking a page out of the Carolina Panthers did something similar. Also, uh, also uh, a tweet from June eighteenth saying, "Just so we can squash this one more time, any rumor of Angle and Triple H having a feud over the next month, the next few months is, let's just say, illegitimate." <laughs> That's good. And then the tweet where he, uh, the tweet where he put, uh, Michael Jordan's face over Kurt Angle's head. Yeah, that's the, yeah, I saw that. 
Uh, just to get caught up on the side real quick, Kenny says if Ty is Mr. Number 10, push him to at least the IC title. Problem is he's on the wrong show to go for the IC title, uh, although he's doing his best to get into uh, Miz's head uh, on Twitter. Uh, then says Gable is going to be a heel now. Trust me. We'll see. I guess we'll find out. Uh, uh. Matt Riley says Corbin cashes in. I'm not sure what context that was regarding. Uh, and then Smathers says he sent Adam an email, and I wonder if there's nudes. <laughs> is it the ugly dick contest? It could be. Maybe Smathers <laughs> is entering the ugly dick contest. What do we got here? Uh, it says, don't turn Jordan. Let Angle back him until Steph shows up and accuses him of nepotism. Ironically, Angle steps down to stay in Jordan's corner, but Jordan fails to win whatever title he's after. Angle turns on Jordan, claiming he's not his genetic material, never will be as good, cost him GM job, etc. Then we get Angle coming back to fight Jordan at the Rumble or something. Fun twist, I think. No, you can't put Angle as the heel in this. I don't think so. Jason Jordan doesn't have the uh, the sympathy needed. It's much easier to do it the other way and put Jason Jordan as the heel. But look, we're already breaking them up. I mean, they just... They just <laughs> <laughs> what are we, Vince? They um, just got together. Let them be father and son for a few months. Olympic Titus. Olympic <laughs> Titus. Jesus Christ. Speaking of Titus... I'm... Okay. Uh, interesting situation with him and Tazawa. And, you know, Apollo Cruz, and he throws in the towel, you know, he's trying to, to help Tozawa, and Tozawa's like, I don't need any help. And meanwhile, on 205, Tozawa literally almost got his arm torn off. Uh, I, I gotta assume that at some point, the end game is gonna be Tozawa versus Titus? Or Tozawa versus Cruz? Because he's not being uh, Neville. If you followed 205 Live, and I didn't catch much of it, but one of the things I did catch is that, uh, Tazawa won his match by holding the tights. So it looks like they're telling the story of a slow heel turn for Tazawa. And the more he hangs out with Titus, the more he starts taking shortcuts until eventually he goes full-blown heel. He he did hold the tights, but he got the crap kicked out of his arm the whole match. So it was, you know, Graves painted it as he did what he had to do to win. Well, and we'll then, and then uh, Arya Davari beat him up after the match, too. So. We got this whole list of topics, and we ended up on Titus and fucking Tazawa as our second topic. I don't know how <laughs> I, that I shit that happened. I was going to make a joke that it's not on the list, so we can't talk about it. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, but what is on the list, back. and it's <laughs> certainly tied to what we just talked about, was that on SmackDown, we had the uh, sit-down interview with Chad Gable uh, conducted by um, Renee. Uh, the yep. result being it was canceled right after it happened. Uh, so <laughs> seriously, the poor woman's had three shows now canceled on the WWE Network. That's got to be a record. What was the third one? It was unfiltered. It was yeah. uh, this, and then there was a third. I forget what the third one was, but there was another. Well, one she too. was the original host of uh, Raw Talk until she got replaced. <laughs> well, Raw Talk is still, as far as I know, because that's only post pay per view, and they're still doing talk. Yeah, not post pay per view. Yeah. But is it Renee or is it Charlie Caruso? I still think they bring no, I think they, Renee. They gave up on Charlie after that first one. <laughs> yeah, the first one was not good at all. I got my phone. I got a light on my phone. I got a. I got a flashlight on my phone. Oh God, Adam, what'd you think of Chad Gable's uh, sit-down interview this week? <laughs> I'm honest. I'm not sure. It was. <laughs> it just felt kind of awkward to me. <laughs> It, it, I don't know. It was. It was very. Uh, I know we talked about how the Angle Jordan thing was short, but this just felt really kind of just stunted and not. 
Not that great to me. But he's got plans for himself, which is weird to say. I think my favorite part of the whole thing was, I've got plans. I don't know what they are yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, Chad? You and, creat- you and creative plans. are on the same page. <laughs> no, really, Chad, we've got plans for you. We don't know what they are yet. But we'll, we'll do something with you after we take you out of the tag team. Promise. Hey, you know, they need faces on SmackDown. And, well, and for what it's worth, and I know some people have their opinions on this guy, and you know, he's not necessarily my favorite, but uh, this week Meltzer went on record as saying, you know, within the next couple years, Gable is going to be a top flight main event caliber superstar on SmackDown. That's, I did see that. Um, I'm all right I'm with okay that. with that. Yeah. He, he had a, you know, he already had a a great match with AJ Styles on free TV. <laughs> oh, Troy's, Troy's going to kick your ass. <laughs> but that's fine. That's not a pay-per-view main event. That's different. No, no, no. Of course. Of course. I'm just, I, I joke, but um, no, I like, I like Chad Gable, the singles guide and he's got, you know, he's got a, a long ways to go, but he could be something, especially, you know, you got a plethora of heels on SmackDown. You well, can stick him with anybody. Plethora. <laughs> and of the two, I, co- I sort of feel like Gable has the more personality than Jordan, too. Oh, yeah. Which, oh, that's Jordan's biggest problem for well, years in see, NXT. But here's the thing, though, and, and this is not a rant. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Verbal comma. That, the thing that I find particularly interesting with the Angle and Jason Jordan thing is I think Jordan could do wonders playing sort of the straight guy, wooden guy that's very funny in the same way Kurt did when he first showed up. Oh, yes, like absolutely. If, like, if we get on Raw at some point and Kurt and Jason are wearing little matching red cowboy hats, I might lose my shit. <laughs> I might be. Uh, I'm in. I'm down for that. That that works beautifully. And and that could be the that could be the nice part about this Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle situation is, is the comedy that they might do. But we'll see. You know, I, I think Chad Gable's got a future. It's unfortunate because apparently Ty Dillinger doesn't, but you know, mm-hmm. I love Ty, man. That makes me sad. I, I, I do too. I, but a second, not even second pay per view in a row. Just since WrestleMania, this is his second pre match with Aiden English for no fucking reason. When we did our our fantasy draft before they did the brand extension, when he was still a mid level guy on NXT, I drafted Ty Dillinger. I saw it in this kid back then. I still see it in him. I really fucking hope he gets a chance to run with the ball at some point soon. Me too. Uh, but I really think a lot of that hinges on getting the mid-card title back to mid-card guys. Well, like sure. you said, he's on the wrong show. Mid Miz needs a new challenger right. for his IC belt. Fuck, get Ty over there. Like, seriously. And by the way, from a credibility standpoint, uh, how the fuck did... Did Kurt talk Shane into breaking up one of his top tag teams and giving them nothing in return? Right. He was like, because he was like, Shane, you got sons. Now I got a son. Come on, help a dad out. Yeah, I mean, I tweet, I tweeted that. I was like, how, who did, who did they get back? <laughs> and how did, and how did Kurt not reveal his secret in the process? Kurt went to Shane like, dude, I'm so, it's, it's crazy inside. I'm all, it's like, it's like I'm in a helicopter that's crashing down. And there's nothing I can do about it. You know what that feels like, right? You know what it's like when you don't play Rusev's videos on SmackDown? <laughs> uh, so, but back to uh, Raw for a moment. Uh, we had the main event, which 
I thought they did a really good job of building to the main event, both promoting it last weekend with video packages this week, uh, as Roman Reigns squared off with Samoa Joe for the right to face Brock Lesnar for the championship at SummerSlam. Uh, more on Brock later. But it sort of had the ending I think we all predicted going into mm-hmm. that, where Braun Shocking. came out. Shocking finish. Braun came out, got involved, and I think this, are we all in agreement this is heading towards the Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam? Absolutely. <laughs> better be. Uh, I have my own opinions of I don't think it should, but it does look like that's the way it's heading. You know, one thing I will give them credit for is, is to your point, they did a fantastic job throughout the night. They did the package for Roman. They did the package for Joe. You had that main event fight feel. Mm-hmm. And even though we all knew what the ending was going to be, it was it was a great match. Oh, yeah. And that crowd Certainly. loved every second of Certainly. it. Whether they were behind, you know, uh, for Roman or against them, they loved mm-hmm. that that match. Right, yeah. Smathers? That is a uh, long-term program I can get behind for sure, and I think most people could. Joe and – Joe and again, Joe. and I say this all the time, Joe versus Roman – uh, Roman versus pretty much anybody. You're going to get it. The guy is a very good performer. Whether you like him or not, you, you, again, I say what I always say, and I feel like a broken record when I say this every week, but tell me the last bad match you remember Roman Reigns having. Now, I know IWC. I know everybody carries him to a great match. <laughs> everybody. Yes, eat a dick. But... Uh, <laughs> But no, the guy's the guy's just a really fucking good performer. Does, I don't think he does well when they hand him lines to recite. He comes across a little wooden, and maybe that's some of people's resentment towards him. Sylvester the Cat? But, Suffering succotash? Yeah. <laughs> I think we're a little removed from that stuff. But but yeah, I and I, but in ring, I have no problems with Roman, and I think he's one of their best guys for sure. So you sat here, I think it was last week, it was after the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, and you said it in the host thread. That I, I did not sit in your room last week. <laughs> That's true. Balls. You were Balls. Very... Fire. Thank you. Thank you. You were very adamant that, that was creepy. they did nothing <laughs> to change Roman into a heel, <laughs> that what he's been doing, he's been doing since at least the night after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I was in disagreement with you. I said, no, no, you can't try to murder someone. And then be booked the same way after that. And lo and behold, they're still fucking doing it. He hasn't changed. He's not a full-blown heel. He had heelish comments during the Joe promo. But Sad. he's Sad. just Roman. God, say it. Say it. Yeah, but you agree with every, that? Every, I mean, every, Everybody knows it. Say it. Say it, God. Yeah, you were right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Don't you feel better? I feel better. I can tell but you, you agree sure. with you agree with that. I mean, th- there's been now two major opportunities to make him a full blown heel, and he could drop the most money the company has seen. He's in years. already a heel. But He's then a why heel. do the then why do the babyface comeback in the middle of the match? You know what I mean? Like that's he wrestles like a face. Doesn't matter what he wrestles like. So does Cena. But he's a fucking heel. People boo him. If, if people boo you, you're a fucking heel. If people hate you, you're a fucking heel. John Cena's not a heel. Sure he is. No, he's not. He's more of an in-between. He gets a lot... He stands he, up for America! Oh, fucking get me started on that later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have a couple comments came on the side here. We got uh, Smathers says, Enzo to SmackDown Live to feud with Ellsworth, hair versus chin. Oh! <laughs> uh... 
Then it says uh, Strowman got wait, a loud pop wait, too. Ellsworth's hair versus uh, versus Enzo's chin. I have no idea. Because Ellsworth doesn't have uh, a chin to lose. Yeah. They'll do a chin transplant if Enzo loses. <laughs> he already lost it. Uh, Strowman got a loud pop too. It was expected, which tamped it down a bit, but he was definitely over 85% behind Joe during this match. Uh, honestly, Reigns versus Lesnar at WrestleMania as oh was ass until Rollins finished. I liked the match with uh, at WrestleMania between Reigns and Lesnar, but I did too. Very, you know, brutal, I don't want to. I don't want to gloss over Braun Strowman's appearance. We all knew it was coming. My only criticism is after a, f- a couple minutes, it seems like they almost just included Braun in the match. I was like, wait a minute, is this match thrown out? Like, what what is going on here? Because then. The commentators were acting completely normal that Braun was there. Yeah, I I don't think the commentators handled that particular thing well. But they, you know, it, it, sometimes what they tell them is act like you're confused and you don't know what's going on. And I understand the logic in telling them that. The problem is that their job is to convey to the audience what's going on. And if they don't know, they portray that they don't have a clue what's going on, then the audience doesn't have a clue what's going on. That's not something we necessarily want. Right. Have, have them not know what's going on before something happens. They don't want you don't want to ha- tell them, hey, guess what? Braun's going to come out during this match. But once right. Braun's out there, you have to present to them what that means to them as a viewing audience. Oh yeah, because they have to convey the right message, and you put your you put your announcers in a bad spot. Absolutely. In, in a situation like that. Yeah, I mean, you can okay. say you can say, what the hell is he doing here? But then you can explain. What the hell he is doing there? Okay, can, can I can I pick the next topic? Okay. I thought we were going in order now. No. Okay. Well, well, this is actually the next one in order anyway. <laughs> All right. This this needs to happen because this is where I am going to go on a rant. Yay! Okay. Popcorn time. So here's the thing. Um, I have, in the face of great criticism at times on this show, been an unabashed fan. Mm and defender of one Mr. Juan Cena. Um, I think he gets uh, he gets shit on, gets blamed for a lot of stuff that isn't his fault, doesn't get credit for what he can do in the ring. Um, what I saw from him this week was below what he should be doing. Um, to go out, and I get that it's a flag match, but to go out and cut such a blatantly pandering promo was, he's better than that. Uh, he's <laughs> seen as a better performer than that. He's capable of pulling off much better than that. He's capable of getting interest in this match without taking that easy shortcut. But to me, uh, when he went to the level of equating his bullshit flag match at a throwaway pay-per-view to fucking 9-11, that to me was over the line, classless, uh, and just really, really, really poor choice by John. Um, I, I hope that in retrospect... By John? Or I don't think John's being handed that line by writers. I really don't. Ro- John's not a guy they script very much. He gives... I know, no, I, to, to your point, that's true, but I hope... I mean, maybe he was just... They, maybe they told him to go out there and just be patriotic. I, I don't know. It, maybe, but John, I, I John's a bullet point guy. John's not a guy they script heavily. I, I, I can't imagine at this point. Um but to go out and take the darkest day in the history of the country and use it as a way to try to get over a flag match against Rusev uh, to me was insulting to the people who lost their lives that day. Uh, It was cheap. It was the lowest common denominator. 
Uh, it was offensive, and honestly, I, I, I just I really hope to Sal's point that somebody fed that to him because I'd like to think that that's not something John thought was okay on his own. Uh, but yeah, I I personally found that to be a fairly offensive way to try to build up to a, a fucking flag match. But that's just me. See, for once, I'm actually going to take what your point usually is, and I don't I don't necessarily blame John. Um, I don't think this feud should be really happening in the first place. To, it's a different know, argument, as Adam though. said. As Adam said, a flag match in 2017. But, you know, whoever it is, whether it's uh, an agent or Vince himself telling John, go out there and get this over and, and, and get and do it patriotically. I mean, to, you know, John probably shouldn't have said that line about 9-11, but if he was spitballing and he was coming up with something on the fly, maybe that's the first thing that then, came to him. Then fucking be more creative. You know what? Right, right. Uh, you... You don't go out and use the Holocaust to put over your fucking match, <laughs> you know, because it's just a line you don't cross. Uh, to That's me, true. to me, I thought this was just over the line, uh, unnecessary. I don't think it served any purpose, um, and I feel like I, I just and I'm not. You guys can attest to the fact I'm not the super overly sensitive type. Things don't typically offend me. Um, I just feel like there are a lot of people who lost a lot of people close to them that day. Uh, you you want to use the Civil War. You want to use all that stuff, the other stuff that he did. That's fine. Uh, that's not going to offend people. who Nobody lost their, their wife or their husband or their brother that day uh, that's watching the show right now. Um, I'm not a guy. I'm not a person who lived in New York. I didn't live through it. Thankfully, I didn't lose anyone close to me in that event. Uh, but if I did and I'm sitting there watching that, it would have made me very very upset uh and i just think it was a poor choice by john absolutely but this is the same company that really likes to over the top put out the fact that they were the first you know assembly of a major amount of people after 9-11 when smackdown went live on thursday night or whatever it was back then uh and they continually talk about it even years later so, in my mind, was John fed that specific line? Probably not. But was he given those parameters? Yeah, probably. And we all know who's given him those parameters. I think best case scenario, it's a Paul Heyman situation. Like when Paul Heyman had to get had to try and get Brock over as a heel in Minnesota. And he went, no. And then just do it. But who knows? Who knows? I don't think we'll ever... No, who came up with that uh, with that line? And it's absolutely well, it's absolutely well, a throwaway match because my, even my wife sitting on the couch on Monday went, "Is there any doubt who wins that match?" And I don't think there is. No, and there's really no point to it. I mean, yeah, I get both guys are coming back, but it would have been you couldn't find anything. <laughs> it else. It would have been shitty but acceptable if they did it on July fourth. But right. doing it doing a flag match, it just it's so fucking dumb. And I'm glad you said that, because that's exactly right. If they did it on that episode, okay, we get it. Right. It's the fourth. But you're drawing this out, you know, two weeks later or three weeks later onto Battleground. For what purpose? Unless, you know, somebody shows up during that match, but I doubt it. Because, I it's, it because it's Battleground and they, they show their true colors and Becky Lynch has <sighs> gears on her face. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never understood the, the the promos for Battleground with the flags and shit. Anyway, 
I understood uh, it last year when you had like Ambrose holding his logo on the flag and Roman holding his and Seth holding his. That made sense. Or um, when you had the club against Cena and, and Enzo and Cass, but Smather says WWE misses out on a mint by not renting out some sort of closed circuit headphones to live audiences so they can listen to the announcers. It's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I'm not sure how you'd make sure you got all the headphones back at the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know for anybody who's been to a show, it is a it is already a pain in the ass to get out of the arena at the end of the night. Having a guy standing at the door going, headphones, 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 <laughs> headphones, headphones, like a movie headphones. theater, but with, but with 30,000 people. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on from Cena <laughs> being offensive. Because it's true. It's damn true. Mm. So, over on uh, the open month. Well, on the lit. If you look at the list, there is a topic that is next. I would I would like you to discuss that. Yeah, I was fucking getting to it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> to open Monday Night Raw this week, uh, we had Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I enjoyed uh, the, pro- the 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 story that the two of them told in the ring. I thought the I thought the the attack at the end was was uh, uh, a bit uh, not choreographed. What's the word I'm looking for? Foreshadowed. Uh, right. Especially when when Dean threw the chair out of the ring, but I I liked what they did there with with Seth uh, trying to make his amends and tell you know saying to Dean you want to fucking hit me, fucking hit me, beat the shit out of me if it makes you feel better. Right. I don't know if Jason's going to disagree with me on this. I'm imagining he is, but I'm going to say that Seth Rollins. And Dean Ambrose do some have done some of their best work in the WWE with each other, whether it was Hell in the Cell or whether it was uh, the ladder match when they both came down with the belt at the same time. I love when these two barb on the mic and go at each other because it it feels much better than when Seth's trying to fight with Bray Wyatt. It feels much more real. And it gives Dean something to sink his teeth into, where, you know, where he was fighting with the Miz, it was just boring and on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> what you got, pal? Oh, nothing. Just uh, stuff going on related to our announcement later. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, you know, they work well together. By and large, there's a, there's a great obvious comfort level between the two of them. Um, I'm actually enjoying this particular thing that they're doing with them right now, where you know Seth's trying to sort of make amends with Dean, and Dean's not really having it, and there's sort of like now an uneasy alliance between the two. Yeah, like you mentioned um, last week, they're they're teasing that that Ambrose heel turn, and I think that would really help yeah, things a uh, lot. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that's needed sooner rather than later. But um, overall, yeah, I, I, Sal, I would actually tend to agree with your point that they're both at their best <gasps> when they're with each other. <laughs> I mean, you feel the conviction. You know, Seth's like, dude, that was three fucking years ago, man. Either let it go or just hit me with the chair. Yep. Yeah, and no. Dean's like, fuck you. I'm not going to trust you, dude. I'm not. You're not my brother. Fuck you. You're not my brother. So, and then you throw in Miz. And the people who benefit the most out of this have to be 
Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. You're now getting put in there with main eventers where you weren't on TV for months. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of hope they develop each of them like a little bit more, but we'll see where it goes. And I got to think that Rollins is going to be the next one to step into that IC title picture, right? That's certainly what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, we touched and, uh, on that last week. Yeah, anything that's not Ambrose versus yeah, fucking Miz at this point. But what is what does Ambrose do though? Is the is the what what does he move on to? I mean, if they're, if they're doing a, a heel turn situation, he can I don't know do something with the Miz Taraj. Jason's left, by the way, but we'll get back to him in a moment. Um, we will. Yeah, I mean, I, we talked about it last week. I mean, anything, anything, anything other than Ambrose and Miz at this point would be a welcome change to the Intercontinental title picture. If you want to put Rollins in this picture, and obviously Dean's not happy that Rollins is sticking himself in this picture, you could segue into Ambrose's heel turn, and then maybe he costs Rollins the match. And then, you know, after that, Miz still does need you know, a real opponent, which, if, if you're me, you're bringing over Ty Dillinger from SmackDown. I'm just saying, that feud's already there. Yeah, I don't think they're going to transition into a into a Rollins-Miz intercontinental picture for one match, though. No, um, but what's, the other idea is that with SummerSlam coming up, you have uh, Seth and Dean reluctantly team up against the Miztourage, could work. I don't know if that's really where you want to put these guys at SummerSlam, because then once again the Intercontinental title is not even going to be defended. Is there is there a Raw uh, pay per view between uh, between that and SummerSlam? No, okay. Yeah, that's why the um, the number one contender for Brock's title is for the match at SummerSlam. Yeah, sorry, yeah. So oh, I thought Raw. This is a this as far is, as this Raw, is a Raw pay per view. As far as Raw, we're on the road to SummerSlam at this point, so you got to think that these guys are going to be jockeying for position to get some meaningful time on that card. Smathers is still really stuck on this whole uh, headphones thing. Uh, <laughs> he says, in the modern era, how about broadcasting in the arena to your phone and you can use your own earbuds like, via the WWE app? Listen, Smathers, I don't, I don't know how it. many people are bringing headphones to Monday Night Raw first off. Um, I'm sure some of them are, but I'm guessing it's not a huge number. Sell them at the merch table. Uh, second off, how do you limit the WWE app to just broadcasting inside the building and not to everyone else? Like, I, I don't know. He says 10 minutes ago I sent that. I know I was just setting something up, so, you know, I'm just getting caught up now. Give me a break. I can't be all things to all people at all times, Smathers. Give me a break. I'm just doing the best I can. I'm just a man, okay? Listen, obviously Smathers is a little salted. It's a little demanding because tonight. he didn't he didn't get to hear Booker T's amazing commentary this week. <laughs> right? So that's why he's demanding headphones. He wants to hear What the hell? Do you know I had a dream where you died? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I have a Hulk Hogan! We coming for you! I just realized okay. I have a we, huge we have, hole in my shirt. Have, Anyway, we, we haven't gotten to the match yet, but as we're speaking of horrible commentary, <laughs> allow me to simply say that this week, during the Killian Dane versus Drew McIntyre match, Percy Watson uttered the phrase, wow, Drew McIntyre really wants to win this match. <laughs> <sighs> Bear in mind, this was a number one contenders match for the shot at the championship in Brooklyn. The absolute worst. Fucking it, it, thanks, Percy. <laughs> 
There was something, there that, was something that, else that, that he said, I think, during the entrances for that match. And it was just, it was so mind-blowing. I don't remember what it was now. But I literally was just like, what? There has to be a Facebook page of th- stupid shit Percy Watson is saying. <laughs> or in a website somewhere. We, uh, a Facebook Co-Ghost, page, a website, a t-shirt. Back in the day, Kogos, Sean, and I had a website of all the times Lillian Garcia screwed up when she debuted on Monday Night Raw. Aww, it's long, it's long gone at this point, but. Her dad died. It's not nice. I that wasn't caused by the web page. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Just saying. You guys got to have that announcer's ear. God, because that... honest to God, I watched that main event, and I did not hear one fucking word Percy Watson said. Well, he doesn't that's, say many That's for the best. <laughs> I think I've... I've Trained myself to just listen to Morrow and Nigel. I don't I was gonna, pay attention to Percy. I was going to make a Linkin Park joke, but I think I'll skip it. Uh, oh, <laughs> God. <sighs> and then you criticize other people when they make jokes about suicide on this show. I have never done that. Oh, no? Oh, there's a video of you gasping in uh, disbelief when Sean included uh, David ben- or Daniel Benoit in his... Poem in his Christmas. Poem. Gasping in disbelief is not uh, is not criticism. I, I don't feel like this is at all productive or conducive to the discussion we're having. Sorry, Percy Watson should commit suicide. Is what we're saying. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, don't fucking joke about suicide. In <laughs> uh, jokes are fun. Um, in all in all seriousness, we, it's not really cool. Like. If, Especially when you know famous person just killed themselves today, it's not right. really funny. Like we shouldn't make jokes about it, but you know. Oh no, no, we shouldn't quote his song lyrics or anything like that. I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and a clean edit point. Uh, Jason, you had a... Uh... Oh, Smather says Adam is just upset he won't have the chance to forget to ring the bell in tribute to Chester from oh. the oh. <laughs> That's not right. Jason, you had missed our, our discussion of where the Intercontinental title picture goes right now, especially heading into SummerSlam. Seth. But what about Dean? I think Dean's had enough shots. <laughs> I would agree. But they're intertwining Dean into this whole thing right now. It could be a three-on-one. Maybe it's the fucking Shield reunion. Maybe Roman's not in the main event. Maybe it's the Shield versus the Miztourage. Maybe they <laughs> Except for Dean all. and Seth would go up to Roman and be like, hey, you want to you wanna do the Shield reunion thing? And he'd be like, nah, brah. Nah. I- I'm going to go fight for the Universal title. Truthfully, though, I really I, it's <laughs> not a big enough program to bring the Shield back for that. If you're going to do no. the reunion, it's got to be something bigger than the Miztourage. Yeah. So. Well, it was supposed to be the club, but they're never on the same show. So, uh, three of them are, and three of them are on Raw. So, if you did Finn with that, would be the third. Uh, that's, that's what he's talking about, right? No, but it was supposed to be AJ. But I get it. I get what he's saying. Could you do a Miz heel? I mean, uh, a Miz. Could you do an Ambrose heel turn at SummerSlam? Maybe they do a two-on-three handicap match in I, in in. We li- we literally on. talked about that like two minutes ago, right, Adam? <laughs> like he's I'm not trying, I, he's trying to catch you up because you walked I'm, away. I'm not stroking out, right? <laughs> like we legitimately discussed the Ambrose heel turn like two minutes ago. Didn't we? 
Yes, that's what needs to happen. Can I see it happening at SummerSlam? Sure, absolutely. That's where I was trying to Robin. go with that. Anywho. But, you know, once Seth wins the Intercontinental title, Dean will have to turn heel to get more shots at the Intercontinental title. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Seth versus, Ro- Seth versus Dean for the Intercontinental Championship. What are we going to do with the Intercontinental title if Dean Ambrose isn't fighting for it? It's a, it's a mystery. It's a mystery and a quandary. It's a quistry. Evolution's a mystery, too. Uh, Smathers says, in case you were wondering and you weren't, R-Truth beat Hawkins. Uh, I wonder if Smathers wanted headphones to block out R-Truth's singing. Um, and the club beat Slino. He's a oh, fuck. He got me to say Slino. <laughs> Victory. Uh, Slater and Rhino in the quote main event matches before the show no after show action well I feel bad that Smathers didn't get any after show action since he told us he was going with his fiance but you know sometimes you just gotta think about uh, 14 year olds and do it yourself oh man talk about edit points (laughs) (laughs) dude I'm just I'm just gonna point out when this dude over here goes, oh, <laughs> just think about what you've done. Uh, Matt Riley on the side <laughs> says, turn it into a triple threat between Ambrose Rollins and The Miz. I suppose that's possible. You could do that. That's one way to get around to where you want to get. Because Ambrose needs more icy title shots. Is there a, I mean, uh, is there really a specific reason why uh, <laughs> Bo Dallas is dressing like uh, a reject from, you know, a cover band. He's Lieutenant Dan with his legs. <laughs> and Curtis Axel looks like he's from the uh, the Mad Men show. Like, I, uh, I don't, I don't get their outfits. I'm glad they're on TV, but Smathers but. says we were tired. I assume by we he means she was tired. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Adam can Fandango fuck himself. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, there we go. All right. So uh, let's we got a little block of topics along a similar thread here. So let's just bang these out. No pun intended. Uh, as we discuss Ooh, about the ladies, use, the use of the women in the WWE this week. Uh, let's start with where, women's wrestling. Let's start with where we began, and that is on Monday Night Raw, where once again. <laughs> Your favorite thing happened. My absolute favorite thing. Uh, the champion of a division was pinned clean in the center of the ring uh, as Bailey took out Alexa Bliss in a match, uh, which just pretty much... Uh, you know, that's really got put, to put Bailey in line for a title shot down the line. <sighs> okay, so allow me to say this. There was some great stuff centering around this match. I don't know if you caught this, but Bailey comes out and at some point sees a kid in the audience who's apparently freaking out for her, goes over and gives this kid, this little boy, her shirt. This little boy proceeds to bawl like a baby, okay? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So excited, so happy. Then Alexa Bliss comes out, walks by the kid, and does the pantomime crying thing, mocking this (laughs) child. (laughs) And this is why Alexa Bliss is the fucking best. That is that is improv on a level that not a lot of people get to. Uh, <laughs> to think on her feet, to come up with that that quickly, it just displays to you why she's so good. 
<laughs> she absolutely is. As far as her being a heel, it's probably one of the best in the business right now for the women. Uh, now, as far as her getting pinned by Bailey, I don't have as big of a two problem weeks in with a row, Sal. As you. Two fucking weeks in a row. Who's the champ, Jason? What's she's still the champ? Really, she's a heel. What's... Heels lose. No, no, no. Champions shouldn't lose. What are you gonna take? You gonna make Nia take a pin two weeks in a row? Sure. I fuck about Nia. Nia's about nine feet tall and four hundred pounds. Ain't nobody pinning her. Really? Did she win the elimination match at WrestleMania? No, she did not. But it took three people yeah. to get her it down. Fucking matter. You told a story. You beat her. You could have her counted out. There's a million ways you could do it and keep her strong. Million ways. What you can't do is keep a champion strong if they're getting constantly fucking pinned. And you know what? For you to sit here and tell me this fucking story after <laughs> months and months on end, I listened to you bitch about the way they fucking booked Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens while they were the champions is a little bit crazy to hear you saying that. Alexa Bliss is Teflon. She is going to go out there and get just as much reaction as she does, whether she gets pinned by Bailey Wait, or so not. Alexa Bliss is Teflon, but Kevin Owens isn't. Kevin Owens losing to Goldberg in 120 seconds does a lot to diminish his. No, no, you were role. On, you were on that rant before fucking Goldberg. True. Because Jericho was helping him every five seconds, and Nia hasn't been helping Alexa. She didn't help her on Monday. <laughs> God, you can say it again. Everyone knows it. Everybody watching the scene. Oh, God, say it again. <laughs> I don't, I don't, look, I don't have a bigger problem that you have with Bailey Pin and Alexa. Bailey's a former champion, man. This isn't making somebody a contender by having them pin the champion. The Bailey's same, already been champion. Yeah, this was the same woman that Alexa beat the shit out of in five minutes at Extreme Rules. That's their fault. <laughs> and now you have a vehicle to get you to Bailey versus Sasha next week, which should and, be a fucking great match. And there's bipolar booking of Bailey. Listen, either she's a threat or she's not. We're burying her or we're bringing her up. Pick, it's the it's the Cesaro syndrome. Pick where... a fucking direction with this character and do something with it or drop it. Because I can't take her fucking seriously the way you've booked her at this point. As great as she is. You've told but, me that she can't hang with Alexa until she beats Alexa in a tag match. Now, all of a sudden, she's the equal of Alexa. I don't fucking know what this girl is anymore. I think they call that 50-50 booking. But they don't do that with other people. They don't. There's a, there's a difference between 50. Now, Charlotte and Sasha have been 50-50. But Charlotte and Sasha were booked in such a way that you were led to believe that it was they were just so evenly matched that on any given night, one could beat the other. Al sure. <laughs> Bailey, Unless it was a pay-per-view. Well, Bailey well, was on, booked... On any given Monday, Sasha could beat Charlotte, but on any given pay-per-view, Charlotte could beat Sasha. <laughs> exactly. Bailey was booked to be completely dominated by Alexa Bliss for a good string of time. And then she's stolen a couple wins in tag matches or when Sasha comes out and saves her. That's not exactly the same as 50-50 booking. On, on the one loss record, perhaps I get your point, but the way the way you book it is way more important than the result. Aside from the 50-50 booking, what they have done with a number of talents that I am fans of, people like Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens and, and Cesaro, is they do this start-stop booking where sure. one minute they're pushing you, then they're pulling you back and you're losing every week. And then you're off TV and then they're pushing you again. And I don't know if it's Vince's way of just keeping people fresh. 
See, or see, if he just doesn't know what he's doing from week to week. See, here's the difference, though, to me at least. Those characters are strong enough that they're not necessarily as damaged by something like that. The Bailey character is a very fragile character. It depends a lot on the young children being able to buy into her as a role model, as somebody they can look up to. Uh, if she's not treated as... Uh, she goes out there and acts goofy and acts like a child, and that works if she's winning. But once you start acting like that and you're constantly losing, all of a sudden people go, just fucking dumb, so I'm not going to get behind that. But haven't we always compared her to the... Fe- she's the female Sami Zayn. She can go out there and she can lose... No. And she'll be the lovable loser. No, because they're not giving her the... Sami Zayn goes out there and puts on great matches, is True. given the canvas to put on great matches, and is portrayed in a way where he almost wins, and then just somehow chicanery happens and he loses at the end. Bailey has been fucking dominated lately. I don't want to say buried, because I don't necessarily think it applies... I, the pay-per-view match at Extreme Rules it looked like a burial. I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but I hate I hate to consider it that way because, as you see, you can go very quickly from being buried to being elevated. But the problem is, right. when you do it with that Bailey character, I think you really damage the character to the point where you're going to get to a section where it doesn't work anymore. And Bailey needs to play to the crowd she plays to for that character to have any impact. I agree with that. I will say that I'd rather have Bailey win every once in a while than have her lose week after week. Sure. So, sure. Then maybe go Alexa's not the person that she should have beat. Then go. But out I don't and, think it hurts Alexa. Then go out and have Bailey pin Naya on Raw. That's yeah. impressive. That makes me they feel won't. better about the redemption of Bailey. And you do it without her beating the champion. Now, here's my other problem with with what we saw on Monday Night Raw. Because they made a match for next week. So yes. the first time on the main roster, we're getting the epic Bailey versus Sasha match. It's not for the title. It's not at a pay-per-view. It's at a random Raw to see who gets another shot. And all things being equal, the way it appears to me is that is going to come out and we're going to have another Fatal 4-Way at SummerSlam. So they're basically booking the women in the exact same match in the exact same program, they just booked the men last week on Raw. Equal rights. <laughs> I just i I hope I'm wrong. I hope they book something more creative out of this. But I really I thought this they have been booking Nia and Braun very similarly. Sure, since absolutely. Royal Rumble. Yep. It's the same program they booked the women in leading into that four way elimination match you mentioned earlier at the pay per view that I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> WrestleMania. Right, but, I think, but the difference is, I think yeah. we've all agreed that the real money they have left in that division is the Bailey versus Sasha program. To have this, uh, but uh, but I don't consider one match on Raw that's going to get interrupted by Nia a program. Why fucking? I'm waiting it's for not, but one why of them fucking to turn show heel. it? Why give it away? Why show it to us? Keep it fucking special. Don't fucking blow your wad before you. Don't come before you've started jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's good advice to follow in, in all aspects of life. Absolutely. Uh, if you put Bailey versus Sasha at let's say 
All right, hold on. Let me just let me great just, balls of fire. Let me just say this. I didn't want a great balls of fire from the beginning. What I have said is, you do the Sasha heel turn. You keep the title on Bailey, and you take SummerSlam in Brooklyn in the same building. They told the amazing story two years ago, and the story fucking writes itself. It's right there in front of you. Instead, you think. instead. <laughs> Three, four, whatever it is, weeks before we get to SummerSlam, we're going to put them in a throwaway match, face on face, best buddies, going for the title shot at SummerSlam on Monday Night Raw. Sure, now. it's going to be a good match, but that doesn't right. mean it's creatively smart. It doesn't mean you're not leaving money on the table in terms of what you can do with this program. That's my problem with it. How many matches do you think would will be at SummerSlam this year? Oh, I have no idea. Probably, I would say 10, maybe even 11. Sure. And we've known that SummerSlam and WrestleMania have, at this point, gone to 11.30, 11.45, 12 o'clock. Yep. You really want Sasha versus Bailey in a four-minute match? Because they're the ones that would get their time cut left and right. Oh, I don't believe that. When you look at who would be on that card for SummerSlam and the amount of time they're going to give the people like Brock, the people like... Randy, the people like John. I'm sorry, was that, how, how long have Brock's matches gone of late? If he's going to be in a fatal four-way, that's not going to be a four-minute match. How long How long did it go at SummerSlam last year with Randy Orton? Uh, a good 13 minutes, I think, 15 minutes. Before Randy got busted open and they stopped the match? No, I'm talking about the whole... I mean, when we're talking about a segment, we're talking about entrance to, you know, when they No, no, I'm talking the about air. the match. The match itself. The match itself was probably about 12 minutes. I... I Go back. I, I would I would think that that's overselling it a little bit. Uh, Lesnar and uh, Goldberg at WrestleMania. Goldberg was like seven or six, something okay. like that. Uh, Lesnar and uh, Joe at the last pay-per-view. He doesn't fucking yeah. have long matches, dude. His is the one match you don't need to worry about taking time from. But what I'm but you've seen it at WrestleMania. They did it this year. They cut from the lower card. They don't cut from the top. So if you if you put Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam, you tell me they're not going to get cut. Match. That is a top card match when you build it that way. I don't think Vince sees it like that. I think he still sees. Look, when you look at the how the women were treated at WrestleMania, they were forced into a multi-person match Whoa. just to get them all on the card. The SmackDown women, the Raw women, were given a prominent spot on the show. And given an elimination mm-hmm. match where there had to be three different falls for the match to end. Not a single one fall, go out and do it quick. The SmackDown women did get that treatment, absolutely. The Raw women did not. The Raw women got the respect of a nice, uh, good intros. Uh, Charlotte got a fireworks display behind her. You got an elimination match with three different pinfalls or submissions occurring. You got good time in that match. This, the Raw women have gotten hell in a cell. The Raw women have main evented pay-per-views. They do not shortchange the women's match on Raw. Well, yeah, when it involves Charlotte. Or anybody else. Now, now to your point, if Alexa Bliss is what they consider the one on Raw, then a Sasha Bailey match no, no. is just another match, no, right? No, no, no. Alexa, I love Alexa. I'm a huge fan of Alexa. Alexa's not on that level in the ring. And I think we all know it. No, but as far as in terms of uh, of what they're going to put on at SummerSlam, Alexa's going to be featured. Sure. She's going to be in a prominent match. Sure. And maybe that's why Sasha and Bailey just don't fit into this year as far as that goes. 
Alexa doesn't. My point. My point was to to say Alexa doesn't need to be in the prominent spot on this show. My point was to say Sasha or Bailey. Bailey probably should be carrying the belt into this pay per view. You can have it on Alexa and then have Bailey beat her at this pay per view. Fine, I have no problem with that. The, the last pay per view they did, and Bailey right. carries the belt. Sasha helps her win it, and then Sasha turns on her. But this was the event. This was the pay-per-view. SummerSlam in Brooklyn. This is where you tell that story. And to not do it is a huge miss for what they could have done. It goes back to who's the one running it. Because if Triple H was booking SummerSlam, he probably would do exactly what you said. But I don't think Vince sees that as a as a money match as something that's going to draw, and that's to his detriment. I agree with you. I think Bailey and Sasha are great, um, but it's not about but, being great. This is people forget sometimes. I think, and, and fans do it too, and it's easy to fucking do it. This isn't UFC. This isn't where you put Conor McGregor in a match with fucking uh, Nate Diaz and hope he can deliver. You script right. this. You can tell us whatever story you want. But if you're watching, I don't know, pick a, pick a fucking show, Game of Thrones, I don't know, whatever. It right. doesn't matter. And they have the opportunity to tell you the perfect fucking story. And it's in the right setting. And it's been building. And you, it, it makes sense. And it's logical. And it ties everything they did before together. And instead, they go in a completely fucking different direction that makes no real sense and doesn't serve any long-term purpose and has no backstory to it. It's just bad writing. They have, <laughs> they have the opportunity to write an epic story with these two girls. And they're choosing... Bad writing or bad direction? Both, sure, either way. But they're choosing... I'm not blaming the writers for that. They're choosing not to tell us the epic right. story they could tell us. And that's what's frustrating for me. I, I get that. I get the frustration. I have been frustrated by how Vince runs his company for years. So at this point, I'm I'm slowly not getting immune to it, but it's almost I've come to expect it. I don't expect uh, him to give me AJ and Shinsuke because it's what I want, and I know that's not what he wants. And it's the same thing oh, with Bailey and Sasha. I disagree. We'll get to it later, but they, they, I think that's coming. Actually, probably sooner than I think we thought. But it was. will it come at SummerSlam, or was it going to be shoved to friggin' Night of Champions or something like that? You know, I think it might be held off till WrestleMania, but we'll see. I All have right. no faith in Vince anymore. I don't Anything I, Vince does, I just roll my eyes at. I, don't, I think we've I think we've ex- exhausted this particular topic. <laughs> I don't want to you know kill it the rest of the show at the expense of this one topic. But suffice it to say, I just I don't like the way they they booked the women leading into SummerSlam. Well, yeah, that I agree with. At least on Raw. Because mm-hmm. the way they booked the women on SmackDown, hashtag segue, uh, this week was interesting <laughs> because we can't, we flat out fucking came out live on SmackDown and said, we don't fucking know what to do with Naomi, so it's not on the pay-per-view. Um, <laughs> so you can sit in the back and turn the lights off and watch your belt glow for the entire night because it's fucking pay-per-view. Who needs a championship? When we can have another multi-women match to determine who gets a shot at the title. Sort of like we did at the last pay per view, and sort of SmackDown, uh, because we are going to have the five women who are not named Carmella or um, Naomi competing for the number one contender spot in a five way. It's an elimination match. Is that what they said? 
Uh, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Uh, but in order to get to that point, we got an argument backstage because, you know, bitches be crazy about who <laughs> was going to fight this week on SmackDown. Only to find out that it was Charlotte and Becky because Charlotte thinks she's so much better than Becky. Because, again, <laughs> bitches be crazy. Um, another another great story going into SmackDown. Is, yeah, I guess we got to do something with you. Um, who wants to... Who wants to fight? Do you guys want to? Who wants to fight? You fight. <sighs> Nobody's fighting Lana. <laughs> yeah. Do we think Tamina has like a lesbian crush on on Lana? Is this what's going on? Because I'd be down for that e- program. Either that, or she's paying her. Could be. I don't know. But in any event, uh, it could be. Could be both. You True. uh, you sent Becky and Charlotte out there. They had, I thought, it was a really good match. Yeah. Uh, Ryback, not a particular fan. I don't know if you saw any of that footage. <laughs> um of Ryback watching the match and then as Charlotte climbed the rope to do her moonsault yelling, shake your ass, Charlotte. That's what they want to see. Shake your ass. So, uh, I pay, I pay as little attention to Ryback as possible. Yeah. At this yeah, point. I, I didn't know about that. I'm kind of glad I did. Yeah. He's a tool. Uh, but in any event, they put on a great match and I particularly loved the fact that they had Becky go over on Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was that was really good and legitimizes Becky because I think she's always kind of been the, I want to say the fourth of the big four, the four horsewomen, if you will. I think Becky's kind of the one people. She's been the afterthought, absolutely. Yeah, I th- well, and I think just if you were to rank them one through four, she'd be the one a lot of people would put forth, um, because I don't think she has the same charisma that some of the other ones have. Uh, Somebody has to be the worst best. Yeah, hmm. but uh, I like that they had Charlotte tap. It makes her more legitimate as a yeah, you know, vulnerable. I should say, uh, and I really do think that that tells me Charlotte's probably winning at the pay per view. We'll get to predictions later, but I think the way they booked that match uh, was done for a very specific reason, and we'll probably get Charlotte and Naomi at SummerSlam uh, with Charlotte winning the title and Carmella cashing in on her. Something, something. Law of reverse momentum. So the way they booked the the Raw women is is questionable at best, but the way they booked the SmackDown women, pretty much since WrestleMania, has really pissed me off. Here's your fucking champion. She's everything you want her to be. She's over with the kids. She's got an awesome entrance. She, she's what Bailey her merch should be. Is selling. What's that? She's what Bailey should be. Ah. Right. And you don't have anything for her for three straight fucking pay-per-views. And I'm sorry, but Lana's not something for her. You're telling me you couldn't pluck any one of the women out of this multi-women match like a Natalia and cook her up and have a legitimate feud with Naomi? I, first off, I would say where I, where I would disagree is that I think going into Money in the Bank... One of the more anticipated matches was Lana and Naomi. Whether it's for the train wreck factor, the I don't know what she can do factor, whatever it is, I do think there was anticipation surrounding that match and seeing it. So I don't think that's a failure. I think that was a way to put Lana into a spot where people would have to take her certain to a certain degree seriously where they wouldn't have before. They used it as a vehicle to have her go out and have a good showing and kind of vault her into, hey, this is actually a girl that you should take seriously when we book her going forward. So I don't have necessarily as big a problem with that. I do very much dislike the fact that they don't have anything for the champion on this pay-per-view. To me, you can't tell us that the contender is more important than the champion, and that's what you're doing here. 
But this is also the same brand that did almost the same thing to American Alpha. That did almost... I mean, this is what they do on SmackDown. They don't value their champions as much as they should. It, it, it's very confusing, and to your point, it's very frustrating. Because I I love Lana. Lana, to me... And I was looking forward to her debut. Um, <clears throat> to throw her in a match with the women's champion didn't make any sense to me. Because Lana didn't earn it. Lana wasn't on that level. And really, it's been nothing but Naomi squashing her three times in a row. Now you get to the point where you're a month before SummerSlam, and you don't have anything for Naomi, so you're going to keep her off the show, other than Carmella waving the briefcase in her face? If you're going to do Carmella and... I mean, if you're going to do Naomi and Charlotte at SummerSlam, I'm fine with that. But By the way, why the fuck is Carmella waving the briefcase in her face? It's not like she's going to cash in after her match at the pay-per-view, because she doesn't fucking have one. (laughs) Well, maybe she takes a page out of Adam's book and does the Baron Corbin and hits her backstage in catering and gets a ref. I don't think it works that way. But that's Any, what Adam... It's not, it's not a 24-7 title. should be. <laughs> it uh, should be. But, but... Two Do you women, know how much more interesting that would make it? <laughs> two, two women who I did very much enjoy the way they were booked this week were on the NXT brand where we had Ember Moon and Ruby Riot have what I thought was a hell oh, of a women's great match. match. Great um, match. Physical, hard-hitting, good storytelling. Good, every, everything was crisp. Every the, the facials were great. Everything these girls did worked tremendously. Uh, and I, I thought they didn't officially say it was the number one contenders match, I don't think, but I'm pretty sure we all know it was supposed to be. Yeah, based on, based on the promo last week. Uh, and Ember Moon, it looks like, is going to uh, summer, the SummerSlam weekend in Brooklyn to challenge Asuka again, and I'm, I'm excited they're finally getting there. And at this point, I think you've got to do the switch, but we'll I would hope so. when we do predictions. But this was a hell of a match coming off a couple weeks ago, that Nikki Cross-Asuka match. N- NXT is starting to really get the women right again. It's always been NXT's uh, forte. They know how to book their women's division. And maybe that's a credit to Triple H. Maybe it's a credit to Stephanie McMahon. Maybe it's a credit to the performance in the ring. But I agree with you. Ember Moon and Ruby Riot put on a fucking clinic this week. And it was just, and it was great to see. And I think the right person won. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to now book that Ember Moon versus Asuka rematch. Give me 20 minutes at a takeover in Brooklyn. I'd love it. Mm-hmm. And then you can tell that Ember Moon story that she was the one. You know, she came back from injury. And, and even though she lost to Asuka at WrestleMania weekend, she came back at SummerSlam weekend and won the title. She ended the epic reign of, of Asuka, and then Asuka can go to Raw. And then Carmella comes out and cashes in on Ember Moon and takes the one title she never got <laughs> shot at. <laughs> Yeah, sure, I'd book it. <laughs> if you can do it in catering, you should be able to do it at NXT. I'm just saying. That's a good point. Seth Rollins showed up at NXT. There so. you go. There you go. Adam, your thoughts on uh, Ember Moon and Ruby Riot? Oh, like I said, it was uh, it was absolutely gorgeous. Fantastic match. Just, uh, I mean, every, everything you said, that perfect story, perfect work, the, the whole thing was just a thing of beauty. If you haven't seen it, go on the network, watch, uh, watch this match. Uh... I would say I would say absolutely match of the night for for NXT last night. I like how it told a completely different story than what Asuka and and Nikki Cross did. Yep. Um, you know, two completely different styles. This was a much more mat based chain wrestling type of match. 
you know, back and forth, kind of that indie style. Um, whereas two weeks ago, Asuka and Nikki Cross tore it up in a hardcore format. It shows the diversity, and, and NXT Women's Division is in good hands with people like Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross and Ember Moon and whoever else they can pluck from the uh, May Young Classic. I don't think you could. I don't think you could really call it plucking if they all work for NXT anyway. Well, no, I don't think a lot of them are signed. <laughs> I don't know how many of them are signed actually. But we talked about that last week. Anyway, uh, so let's go to the weekly segment that I like to call Adam tells us why he loves Brizongo. So this week's fashion files, Adam. What were your thoughts? <laughs> uh, more great stuff on the billboard on, on the bulletin board, of course. I thought. Uh, what was I your thought, favorite thing from the bulletin board? Because I know what mine was. Oh boy. I didn't write any of them down this okay. week. <laughs> My favorite one was if you look, there's a picture of Scotty Too Hottie with a string going from his picture right to the boogeyman's mouth. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see the, the string. Because of the worm. Because of the worm. Yes. Genius. I didn't even see the Fucking string. Genius. I just saw the picture of Scotty Too Hottie. <laughs> Fucking genius. Um the 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 part with Aiden English was kind of a bit of a groan, but mm. uh I just, I just love, I love everything that they do, man. All right. Who, who? Are we going to talk about who destroyed, who we think destroyed their office when we get to the predictions? Uh, we can do that. Sure. Uh, yeah. Speaking of things, we've, a lot of people didn't necessarily love SmackDown. Opens this week with uh, Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal having another promo. Except this time inside the Punjabi prison. And I have to ask Adam and Sal, did seeing this dangerous, maniacal structure <laughs> make you more? pumped for this match Sunday night at the pay-per-view. No. <laughs> I liked it. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I like the promo. Okay. Uh, my take, the thing I, I... Wait, that's not the question he asked. Did seeing the <laughs> prison make you want to watch the match more? Sure. Okay. Um, and that's certainly I, I, what they I, were I going for. I said it before. I have, I have not seen either of the prior two Punjabi prison matches. Consider yourself uh, lucky. So I don't... I, I had not actually seen the structure before. Have you seen the Kennel from Hell match? I did see the It's, it's very, very <laughs> similar to that. Just with less dog shit. Um, yes. <laughs> but not by much. <laughs> well, it's gender. So weren't there two dogs fucking in there, too? I believe there were. I think so, yes. Um, yeah. My problem with the promo is... And I talked about this, and I was effusive in my praise for Randy Orton last week because he seemed engaged and excited. And when he's on like that, I don't think there are a whole lot of people better. Uh, I thought this week he took a step back. I thought he was back to boring, monotonous, monot just monotone. Randy Orton cutting the same promo, climbing the cage, and I'm so I'm gonna talk like this because I am really you, I, I'm crazy. I got crazy eyes, and I'm a viper, and I'm gonna take you out. And I'm like it just it doesn't do it. I like Randy Orton when he's excited, when he's pissed off, like he was last week, uh, and the fact that the seeing the cage didn't get him to that place if he was already there last week I thought took away from it for mm -hmm. me uh, and I, I've been a fan of gender and you can you can attest to that Adam I've been I, I was one of the people that liked that they put the title on gender gender mm -hmm. needs to alter his promo style because it's the same cadence it's the same yeah. promo it's the same thing it's the same open it's the same I'm week. you know it, it, it's become very monotonous and, I, did, um, I did. I did laugh when one of the Singh brothers explained the rules of the match, you know, with the doors and the sixty seconds and the whatnot. And then Jinder Mahal goes, "There are no rules." Right. You just told us the fucking rules. 
Yes. Bit of a fail. But I think I think I think I enjoyed I enjoyed that segment. I think they did a good job of you know trying to sell how uh, how damaging this match can be, how you know how damaging the structure can be. I don't think any of that is actually real bamboo, except for the little pieces they tied to the outside. But what are you gonna do? Uh, speaking of dangerous and crazy, Elias Sampson and Finn Balor this week on Monday Night <laughs> Raw. Uh, what do you? What'd you think of that one, guys? You you really think that wasn't a gimmick guitar? Because I mean, it didn't no. even have any strings from what he I saw. He played it. He was playing yeah, it. Yeah, he played the song, but that, dude. But when he exploded it over his head, it looked like a different friggin' I don't know. Maybe it was just the yeah. angle they no, shot that was, the camera. That was with, not but, a gimmick guitar. But a real guitar explodes like that, like just everywhere. Yeah. <sighs> well, then they were being reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, to me it seemed to not use a gimmick guitar, to have him hit him the way he hit him, I, and then that may have just been Samson screwing up, I don't know, uh, but to do that with a guy who you just had lost for an extended period of time with a concussion seemed just sort of reckless to me. Yeah. Sure, it popped the crowd, but you saw it did damage to Balor, it cut, busted him open pretty good. Um, could have been a lot worse, seems like he's okay, he'll be ready to go, but just seems like an unnecessary risk for what was a very small reward. So right. the end game being that next week we f- they face off in a no-DQ match. I, I think there were a million ways to get there where you didn't risk serious injury to Finn Balor. Think of the splinters, pal. Or simply just yeah, gimmick the guitar, and I don't think there would have been any problems. Yeah. It's weird. Usually can they you, go the other way. Usually they're not Can you play, can you play a reckless. gimmick guitar, though? Probably, probably not. not. No, probably not. Yeah. Because uh, isn't one of the big things removing the strings? But then uh, usually they go I know, the other way. Because I know Jeff Jarrett's guitar never has strings in it. Yeah. But mm. uh, then again, following that match, we saw what, to the delight of a lot of people, seems to be the beginning of the much-anticipated Bray Wyatt Finn Balor story. Uh, and one has to finally think, one has to think that the fact that they are cl- seemingly ending the Elias Sampson program next week leads to uh, Wyatt and Balor at SummerSlam. I would assume with the return of the Demon King. Thank God, because yeah. this is a feud that, and I'm glad they saved it for SummerSlam, but this is a feud that really could do wonders for Finn and Bray. Both really haven't done anything since WrestleMania. They've kind of been floundering. I don't think mm-hmm. anybody would uh, look at the Rollins, uh, Wyatt. Um, House of Horrors, dude. <laughs> uh, I don't think anybody's looking at the Rollins, Wyatt feud as a you know feud of the year or anything special. Uh, Ghost tractor. Sorry. That's right. I appreciate what Finn Balor did for uh, Elias Sampson. I think that kind of, you know, puts his stock up a little bit. But Finn versus Bray is a story that is actually I'm excited for. I want to see where this goes, and I hope to God we do get the demon character at SummerSlam. I think you'd have to. You're gonna have to. Yeah. Way to bring it out. Alright, see, we're getting down to the end of our list here. The main event from NXT this week, Killian Dane and Drew McIntyre. Uh, in what I thought was actually a really good match. I yeah. thought uh, Dane lost the match. Obviously, McIntyre is going to go on to Brooklyn to challenge uh, Bobby Roode for the championship. But I thought they made Killian Dane really look like a beast. And uh, and McIntyre really made Dane look like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kicking I'm going to make Adam giggle again because when I say the facials of Drew McIntyre <laughs> as 
Dane sat up after that first yeah. Claymore. Kicked just out of the kicked out of the future shock at one. Selling him. Yeah, as what a did beast. you think about that? You so seldomly see anybody kick out of a finisher at one in the main event. I was kind of taken aback by that. When you're trying to put a guy over as a beast and as a monster, that's what yeah. you do. They did they did it with Strowman too. That was a gr- you know that was a great ending sequence. I did appreciate uh, him having to hit the second Claymore kick and with Dane kind of going. Come on, bring it, bring it, bitch! Yeah. Like, uh, I, I think the, obviously the right person won. I thought so. it felt a little abrupt in that it was Claymore two count, Claymore three count, but uh, but yeah, the, the the taunting between was just, uh, the the whole thing was was great. And those two work great together. They've worked in the British Indies for a long time. And there was a shave uh, your back chance. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, I I looked at Drew McIntyre uh, uh, during this episode of NXT, and I'm looking at him like, this guy, not only is he the next NXT champion, and, you know, Vince has always loved him, except for when he put him in 3MB. You know, he's a he's got to be a future uh, mainstay on the main roster someplace soon, you right? You hope. You would think. Yeah. I, I imagine he's probably going to be the guy that's going to end Bobby Roode's run. Yeah. And then uh, Bobby will come up probably after SummerSlam on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, speaking of guys who have recently made a return, the Hardys and the Revival both uh, had a match on Raw, and the Revival beat them clean. Yes, they did. <laughs> uh, Can we back up so, to NXT for one second? Sure. Uh I, I want to call him Biff Fusick, but that's not his name now. Orny Loken mm-hmm. and um, Danny Birch. Danny Birch. Danny Birch. Beautiful work. That was a that was a great match. Everything uh, I think I think everything on NXT was 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 really good this week. They did a great job was, on NXT this week. It was a very good, very hard hitting match. It was perfect type of match. I I still never figured out where Danny Birch got busted open. Yeah, that just like right. all of a sudden he was bleeding. Um, the thing to me that I took from that match in in watching it is that on a show where there's a serious lack of tag teams, Birch and Lorcan would make a great tag team. They would. Maybe that's where they're Absolutely. going. Absolutely. And, and that, yeah. You had that little show of respect at the end. They've got sort of a similar a similar style, hard-nosed, you know, European strong style, what they call it, British strong style kind mm-hmm. of deal. I mean, he's not, obviously Biff's not British, but wrestles a very similar kind of style to Danny Birch and I think you can make some money with them as a ta- as a hard-nosed, you know, sure. tag team. Sure. Obviously the actual team of British Strong Style isn't going to be popping up in NXT anytime soon because uh Pete Dunn is and Trent Seven and uh, uh Tyler Bate are who are a three-man group called British Strong Style in other promotions. Um, oh, well, there you go. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, over in I think Progress. They, yeah. That's, that's their whole deal. Um, but obviously they're not going to be teaming up on NXT anytime soon, although we really haven't seen since the last takeover, I think, much of Pete Dunne at anything, all. Anything with the British No, guys. we haven't seen anything from any of the uh, UK guys since but that, that match. That since show they stole is coming the show. on the network. <laughs> well... <sighs> They've been talking about doing the the show, the UK show. I don't know. Maybe they if they're were trying promoting to prep for that it or... at the last takeover, and now we and we've heard nothing since then. The, the only thing I can assume is they didn't get the deal they wanted, or they didn't get the arena they wanted, and they're still in negotiations. I think, so. I think Vince canceled it because it wasn't scripted enough for him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but that's you know they they kind of dropped the ball on that. Tyler Bate and goddamn pal, Devin that guy that match. Goddamn pal, that guy said flat. I told him to say house. Fucking cancel the show. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, the revival beat the Hardys uh, in a clean match. Good fight. I liked it. I particularly. I'm always a huge fan of the revival style because it's just such an old school. Uh, tag team wrestling style. They sure. picked that body part. They really worked the leg pretty much the whole match. Told that story. Uh, and I'm looking forward to an extended program with these two teams. In, I mean, we talked about it last week, how, how, how much we were looking forward to that. All right, then. Uh, Styles <laughs> and Good Nakamura. Input, Styles I, and Nakamura know. team up on the main event of SmackDown to take on Owens and Corbin. Your typical, you know, these four guys are facing each other in singles matches at the pay-per-view, so let's have them come on. The part holla, that found, holla. The part that I found most interesting about this was the backstage segment where yes. uh, Nakamura comes in and AJ's got the belt sitting there, and Nakamura sort of points to it and says, one day you're going to call. And I'm going to answer. answer. Referencing the US, <laughs> right. U.S. Open Challenge, telling us he's going to be the one to answer the U.S. Open Challenge at some point. They are teasing the shit out of this feud in this program. It's going to happen, and I'm semi-aroused at the prospect. But uh, when is when is the matter to be decided? But it looks like we were talking about WrestleMania, but it looks like that may happen a little sooner than that. Yeah. Now, see, I'm excited if that match happens at any given point, but I'm assuming you would be upset if one week on SmackDown he just came out there and... They had the match. Yes, then, right? yes. <laughs> Sal, don't poke the bear. All right. Because why the, the fuck? The problem is there is they don't do anything for the pay per views anymore. They're not even really pay per views. They're special events on the network because pay per view means people are paying to see them, and ain't nobody paying to see these pay per views. Everybody who has a subscription to the network has one, and anybody else who doesn't gets their first month free anyway. Then stop writing all your storylines directing you to this event. That's all. They they gotta get TV ratings, man. Okay. Anyway, uh, do we have did did uh, Kogos Sean who Sean and I tied in the fantasy league this week? But me being the magnanimous personality <laughs> because I've won so often, I decided to oh. let Sean have this one. Uh, uh, sorry, Raccoon Reigns. I'm sorry. Uh, and pick the topic for this week. Did you get one, Adam? I did. It says, and I quote. Uh oh. Since now we're all completely out of prepared, this is we're all hearing this off the yeah, cuff. Yeah, this is yep. blind. This is so. complete off the cuff. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. Since uh, since we now know that Jason Jordan is quite obviously Kurt Angle's son, my question is, <laughs> who is your all-time favorite second- or third-generation wrestler? Mine is obviously The Rock, but I'm hoping there will be some other answers. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, this is one that would have been good to have some prep time for. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why he sent it just to me. Because uh. Jason told him to? <laughs> I didn't tell him to. <laughs> You said texture. Oh no, he's, he's. You said you could pick the topic, and then he said I'll text it to Adam later. Yeah. that's right. Troy told him to uh, two weeks ago when I wasn't on the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Smathers with a good option says Cody Rhodes. Sure, sure. See, Smathers stealing my thunder. I was going to say present day. Uh, there's nobody doing better work right now than the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. He's uh, fucking amazing. Uh, 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 I'll do you one for better. second generation wrestlers. Charlotte Flair. Uh, Carmella. Cody, <laughs> Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes has not revitalized an entire genre of wrestling, and, and granted, Charlotte hasn't done it by herself, but she's been a big part of it 
in bringing women's wrestling back to the forefront, making it something where women are main eventing pay-per-views, women are getting you know noticed, they're getting considerable time. This is a full, I don't want to use the phrase revolution, but this is a full change in the entire view of women in professional wrestling, and she's been at the head of it. So if you're talking about favorite second-generation wrestlers, she's got to be high up on the list. If she's your favorite, that's fine. To me, the other three horsewomen were always, in my mind, more favorited uh, for me than her. I, I obviously love Sasha, and oh, love, love, love is a different discussion. Who, you, who you're a fan of, who you think's hotter, all that stuff is a different discussion. Well, we're well, I thought that's what he said. I thought he said favorite. Am I wrong in the the context of the question? We're talking about uh, uh, who's running divisions, who's changing the game, who's making the biggest impact as a second generation star. Adam, is that how the question was phrased? Who is your all-time favorite second or third generation wrestler? See, I took it as favorite. Well, so, it says favorite, so. If we're talking all-time uh, change Well, in that game, case, David Flair. There you go. D.H. Oh, Smith. There you go. That's the end of discussion. Adam, you had time to prep for this question. Who do you? Who's your favorite? Just in terms of entertainment value, I've always been a fan of Goldust. Um, right. I would be favorite, but he already, you know, he already took the Rock, so we're looking for answers that are not the Rock. Um, I'm kind of <laughs> going that are not the Rock <laughs> for 200, Alex. Um, so I'm kind of trying to go, uh, trying trying to go off the beaten path here. I, uh, Goldust has always been a favorite of mine. Um, in terms of, you know, second generation, you've got the, the Usos. We still don't know what Rikishi said to David Otonga. Uh, no. you, <laughs> you guys, you guys keep harping on that. He did say it like a couple weeks later. Oh, did he? Put it on Twitter or something. But it was just like, he said that he's mad at them or something like dumb and trite. Like, it I don't know. For all the hype, you would have thought that he told them like some type of bombshell or something. Uh, Matt yeah, Riley says David Benoit. Oh. <laughs> uh, Better than saying Daniel Benoit. Uh, Smathers on the side says, Paige, uh, comeback wrestler of the year, except he spelled <laughs> spelled it something wrong. Of uh, course. Of course he did. Matt then said Rey Mysterio. That's a decent point. Nobody's going to say Alberto Del Rio. I'll tell you that much. I was about to say that. No. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Sure. Ew. Mr. No. Mr. Perfect. Yeah, Mr. Perfect's another good one. Curtis Axel. Second generation. Technically, Jake Roberts is a second generation. Curtis Axel's actually third generation, so. Yeah, that's a second or third. Uh, Little Jimmy. Did you know? You've, of course, got your Bob Ortons and your your Randy Ortons. Oh, Macho Man Randy Savage is second generation. True. Yeah, that's a good one. I was always the leaping Lanny Poffo guy. No. Uh, (laughs) King Maxel. Said nobody ever. According to Matt Riley. That's a good one. We didn't get any. Uh, we didn't get any follow up on our discussion from last week, and that made me sad. Um, although we had we had a few discussions in the host thread about the worst debut to, uh, to biggest superstar, we didn't get any. Uh, nobody sent us any emails. That kind of bums me out. But oh, I think of, no, never mind. All right. Uh, so <laughs> all right. So does that bring us to the news? It 
it does bring us to the news and one step closer to our huge exclusive announcements <gasps> coming exclusive. up later. <gasps> uh, but we are going to kick off the news this week with the news that former UFC champion Ronda Rousey was in attendance for the May Young Classic tapings at Full Sail. She sat ringside with her MMA horsewomen Marina Schiffer, Jessamine Duke to watch their friend Shayna Baszler compete in the first round. Uh, and without getting too spoilery, there was supposedly a moment where the four horsewomen of MMA squared off face-to-face with the four horsewomen of NXT slash WWE uh, that was said to be a very intense uh, move, more than a very intense moment that got a great reaction that has prompted some to think if this is a bit of foreshadowing for a program for maybe a, uh, a mania of wrestling, if you will. Didn't one of them challenge Becky to a fight at SummerSlam? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not getting into spoilers. <laughs> oh no! I, I thought it was. I thought it was on Twitter. I thought. But that's uh, what you have, you have Shayna Baszler competing in this tournament. You have Marina as a sort of pseudo regular character on NXT now, being married to Roddy Strong, uh, and being shown on TV quite a bit. Uh, you add Rousey, who's always had somewhat of a presence uh, in WWE programming. So uh, there's a lot of smoke there. You got to think at some point there might be some fire. Yeah, it's straight, it was nice somebody, straight fire, it was, if you will. It was nice to see mm-hmm. that Ronda and, uh, and Stephanie made up after their uh, <laughs> after their tussle at WrestleMania a few years ago. Well, there's a video of Hunt, oh. Hunter waiting like waiting like a bitch outside the building for uh, <laughs> Ronda to show up, just like drinking dude. out of cups, being a bitch. Yeah. Seriously. If you book Ronda Rousey for one match and it was against Stephanie McMahon, take my money because I don't care if it's scripted. I don't care if it's not an octagon. To see her toss Stephanie around the ring would be priceless. Uh, Nina Marie chimes in on the side uh, just uh, related to Sean's topic for the week uh, saying Kerry Von Erich was a great second-generation wrestler and that's a good one that we hadn't considered. Um, But, yeah, so... The four horsewomen could be colliding somewhere in the future. It seems certainly that they're planting some seeds for that. Uh, Gail Kim appeared on last week's GFW Impact. Yes, I said that right, GFW Impact, uh, to announce her retirement. Uh, The Impact Hall of Famer said she will be retiring from in-ring competition at the end of 2017, but while she is retiring, she plans on going out on top. The six-time Knockouts champion thanked the other wrestlers, the company, and the fans during her speech. Gail will be appearing regularly between now and the end of the year until retirement, and it is said that she's already agreed to take on a producer's role or an agent's role backstage with the company. All right, so for everything bad that Impact has done for years, can we say that Impact gave Gail Kim the career that she never would have had in the WWE? I have issues with Gail Kim. I Stemming to her last run in WWE, and I know she's she constantly makes a joke about the whole eliminating herself from a battle royal thing. To me, that's just incredibly unprofessional, uh, and I just always sort of held that against her. But there is certainly no denying the stride she made, and... To be fair, and some people have said this in the past, when you talk about women's revolutions in wrestling, it started in TNA with the knockouts division. Absolutely. Uh, Before Hogan and Bischoff got there. Yes. Before (laughs) Hogan and Bischoff, and before the WWE did anything but put Kelly Kelly on TV, you had 20-minute matches. let's, Let's be fair. There's nothing wrong with putting Kelly Kelly on TV. It's just context. Right. But you you were getting 20-minute matches from people like Madison Rain 
and Gail Kim and ODB and there's a host of others, you know, Velvet Sky, although she was never the best wrestler, she was one of the most over. And and you best really, entrance in wrestling. Absolutely. <laughs> um before and, and like you said, before the WWE was doing a women's revolution, the TNA knockouts knockouts division was revered for putting women's wrestling yep, on the map. Absolutely. <sighs> Austin oh, yeah, Aries. Go ahead, sorry. I was say, I've said it multiple times on this show that one of the back when I watched TNA when TNA was what's the word watchable. watchable. I watch I watch TNA every chance I get. Just so you know, I can't <laughs> anymore, man. Especially with Del Rio there. But go ahead. He's no, not talking t- about that TNA. Um, <laughs> back when back when I would watch Impact weekly, uh, that was reason one of the reasons that my wife would watch with me uh, watch Impact with me is because of the women's division and because of the difference. Between the, the, the knockouts division and what was then the divas division and how, mm-hmm. how they were presented and the fact that, like you said, they were actually given actual matches mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was a segue I was going to make, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, Austin Aries was released from his contract with WWE last week. Shortly after the announcement was made on WWE's official website, Aries appeared pleased by the news. Writing on his social media, it's a beautiful day. On Friday, Aries officially released a statement on his WWE departure via his Twitter, saying, I'd like to thank WWE for the opportunity to perform the for the amazing fans of the WWE universe. I'd also like to thank the extremely talented, hardworking people of WWE, or as Kurt Angle would say, WWE, uh, whom I had the pleasure to work both in front of and behind the camera. I wish them continued health, happiness, and success as I move on to new endeavors. Those new endeavors including being unemployed. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh says, thank you to my supporters and detractors. Exciting announcements coming soon. Uh, Aries has a 90-day no-compete agreement attached to his WWE contract, which ends on October 5th of 2017, according to the Wrestling Observer. Uh, He'll continue to collect his downside guarantee, which is sort of like unemployment, uh, from WWE until the point that he will be able to wrestle and use the Austin Aries name after that agreement expires. Aries can work indie dates during the next three months, but the dates will have to be approved by WWE meaning he won't be working anywhere that they don't want him working until his no-compete clause expires. Just think how much time he'll have to post in his uh, Boston Bombing Hoax Group Facebook chats. Yeah, I won't be seeing any of the things he tweets. Um, (laughs) No, you will not, including the fact that his... uh, his newest look has him removing all his facial hair yeah. from his face. Yeah, he apparently really liked uh, the look Pitbull had at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's how he's filling up his 90 days, Pitbull impersonator. Because he's ready to go. Um, I wish he had a 90-day no-breathing clause, but... Yeah, there you go. Uh, Kenny's back. He says, uh, Kenny Lockhart back on the side asks if we have shared the El Mundo match card yet. Not yet. We will get there very shortly as soon as we... Uh, Exclusive. Yes. Uh, but we are on our news section, and I will continue by letting you know that Ryback recently made headlines on his podcast, Conversations with the Big Guy, when he claimed... He has a fucking podcast? Oh, yeah. uh, Everybody has a podcast. Just look at any <laughs> asshole as a podcast. Look Seriously. At, look at us. <laughs> uh, WWE thought about booking him to do, a bat, uh, to do battle with the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 30, which took place at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, not the Silverdome, in New Orleans, Louisiana. He claimed that Mark Carano... WWE's Pontiac Superdome, brother. 
WWE's senior director of talent relations showed him a pre-lineup for the show and that he was penciled in to battle the legend. However, according to Warrior's widow Dana Warrior, there is no truth to this as she tweeted, Not true. It always saddens me when people tell untruths on a man's grave to promote their lives. Do your own work. Uh, Warriors manager Steve Wilton backed her statement and tweeted the following. Not true. It, oh, sorry. That was, she was, he was responding to Dana's. Uh, when he said zero truth, I negotiated the whole deal with Warrior. He wanted to be nothing but an ambassador for the con- company and mentor the young talent. Zero truth to Ryback versus Warrior at WrestleMania 30. Warrior had no intention of ever stepping in the ring. Listen to his speech. It was never discussed. Ryback believed the match would not have been done mu- would not have done much for his professional wrestling career, but he would have done it anyway. Saying, quote, "I remember seeing my buddy, one of my great friends in life, Mark Carano, actually showed me the WrestleMania card early. They kind of have an idea what they want to do, obviously ahead of time, and they had on it Ryback versus Ultimate Warrior. And I just said, cool. But in my head at the time, I was kind of during my heel deal, that first one where it probably wasn't going to be a favorable position for me as far as all that." But I was excited because I figured that's one of his last moments in WWE. So I thought it would be really cool. I didn't think I would necessarily be the right guy for that. Probably not. But I didn't know anything about what kind of shape he was in or if he could wrestle or not. But I 100% would have done it. I always did what was asked of me there. Uh, Ryback reflected, especially being in that position that I was in and having success without necessarily being allowed to go higher. But I didn't think it was because it probably, well, much like when Hunter did it, the favors for him at WrestleMania before he came back early on. Hunter never had never broken through yet and whatnot. But I thought, I didn't think that it was necessarily going to be perfect. But at the same time, I loved the Ultimate Warrior as a kid. In this business, you can't be a fucking mark. <laughs> given some of the other stuff he said. Uh, Especially a lot of guys have a problem with this. It's business, and I'm looking at it like, wow, how the fuck do I recover from that? It's not necessarily going to be a joke, but it's probably going to be one of those two-minute deals. In Ryback's estimation, being part of Warriors' last match would have been a memorable moment. It seems like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth here. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, It's almost like he's a fucking douchebag. Quote, it would have been cool because... It would live on forever and whatnot in the grand scheme of things. From a professional standpoint, it would I'm sorry, from a personal standpoint, it would have been cool to be part of his last moment in WWE. As far as his last match, probably in WWE to give him to go out and one big bang. Uh, Ryback Such believes, a sack of shit. Ryback believes that the match with Warrior never happened because WWE's plans changed, but also said that the whole thing may have been nothing more than a rib. Yeah, so that was one of those deals, and this is, again, I don't know how serious it was. That was a real thing at one point, or if it was presented as a real thing. Again, you never know with WWE. Mark Carano, they could have done this sheet or forged it. Let's fuck with Ryback and make him think he's going to be on WrestleMania. I'm not kidding. It could have been that. But I did see the sheet where it said Ryback versus Ultimate Warrior, and they had other matches on that card that did end up happening. But things change, and that ended up not happening. I'm glad he clarified it, that that didn't happen, and I stroked out and missed it. Um, (laughs) I I don't understand how anyone sits there and says, from a career standpoint, facing the Ultimate Warrior in his first and probably last match at WrestleMania wouldn't have done much for my career. It's almost... It's uh, and that says correct, fuck. correct correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's almost as if he's 
full of shit. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and then to follow up on his other segment of uh, some people are fucking marks, this is also the guy <laughs> who said he should get paid more. The guys who win, lose matches should get paid as much as the guys. Everybody should get paid the same because guys can't win matches without him losing them. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they couldn't find anyone else to lose a match. Uh, I agree with Dana Warrior. It is sad that somebody has to use somebody's name to try to to promote themselves. Like nobody's believing that. Well, speaking of sad things, let's go on to our next story because it's a follow-up from something last week. Uh, despite having a dispute at Orlando International Airport last Sunday, Alberto El Patron and Page are still together. At least they were as of Wednesday. Uh, Meltzer said the two were back together, happy and wondering why so much was made of so much of a fuss has been made regarding them. Really, you don't fucking understand. <laughs> uh, in the latest issue of Wrestling Observer newsletter, Meltzer told that story. Uh, it was reported late in June that the couple had broken up, only to get back together days later. Meltzer noted that they may also have broken up one other time in the past several weeks, and gotten it's gotten to the point where El Patron's friends assume they'll get back together. Um, Sorry. Assume they'll get back together when he tells them they've broken up. Alberto El Patron has since been stripped of the WAW Undisputed World Heavyweight Championship. The title is the top belt of the World Association of Wrestling, which is owned by Page's father, Ricky Knight. Uh, it is also of note that El Patron isn't even mentioned in the statements, stripping him of the title. Uh, Patron is also currently suspended by Global Forest Wrestling after an incident that saw Orlando police open an investigation against him for alleged domestic violence assault. Page has since publicly stated that she was the aggressor in the situation, although Orlando police representatives maintain Patron is currently the only one under investigation, uh, which remains open. Uh, since then, there have been reports that Paige is actually going to be charged with domestic battery in this incident, which would seem to validate her statement that she was actually the one, the aggressor in the situation. Um, we, we touched on this last week. This is just, there's no scenario where this ends well, the way this is going. Uh, right. Of course she's going to be the one charged. She's the one that had all the coke on her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, in, in, in related news, uh, Alberto Del Rio stepped down today as the president of Combate Americas, which is the MMA Latin-based MMA uh, promotion running primarily out of New York, for which he had been the figurehead, sort of like their Dana White was the intended role, I think, for him. Um, however, apparently Combate Americas was not comfortable with a coked-up woman abuser being the face of their company. Not sure why. Huh. Huh. Worst situation. Huh. The situation that the girls who live with R. Kelly are in or Paige? Oh, I would much rather get pissed on than killed, so. (laughs) Sometimes you even pay extra for that. Um, (laughs) There have been some online reports stating that Shelton Benjamin has signed with WWE. Dave Meltzer noted in the wrestling. It's going to be Kurt Angle's son. Oh, shit. Noted in Wrestling Observer Newsletter that the WWE is saying that Benjamin has not signed a contract as of earlier this week. That was until they needed to replace the black guy in American Alpha, and I can tell you now, Shelton Benjamin has resigned and will debut alongside Chad. <laughs> G- no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. The new American Alpha. This the Shelton Benjamin thing has sort of reached the level of will they or won't they? I don't know. Uh, Kenny on the side says, "What if the Page and El, El Patron drama is a work?" I don't think so because I don't see who they're working. To be completely honest with yeah, you, uh, w- yeah, <laughs> domestic violence is, is not a work. What, what I'm convinced is a work is the whole <laughs> yeah. No Way Jose and Thea Trinidad thing because I'm 
100% convinced that that is a, a shot at Del Rio and Page. What they're doing with those what? two. Where Del Rio, where uh, the, the whole segment they're doing with, um, what's his name there? Um, Andrade Almas. Yes, Andrade Almas. Andrade Cien Almas. You said, you said no way, Jose. Oh, did I? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, wait, no way, Jose. But they do the whole gimmick where he's out there partying and he's not taking anything seriously. And yeah. then she comes along and now she's screaming at him and they're sort of yelling at each other and sort of seems yeah. rel- related to something else. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the best works, the best works are the ones that cost you jobs and championships. Uh, we alluded to this earlier, but WWE recently made a big change to their programming schedule on the network. Uh, fans who are used to watching Talking Smack every Tuesday night following 205 Live won't, be, won't have that option anymore because the show has been canceled as a weekly series. On, on Friday, the WWE issued a statement to multiple news sites explaining the change, saying, quote, We continuously review the WWE Network's programming lineup based on a variety of factors, including viewership and subscriber research. Talking Smack, Talking Smack and Raw Talk will air following pay-per-view events, and Tuesday will continue to feature 205 Live, end quote. Uh, Talking Smack seems to be one of the most popular shows on the WWE Network, so the decision has left fans scratching their heads in regards to why the company would cancel the weekly talk show. According to a report by Sports Illustrated on Saturday, the show wasn't canceled due to lack of viewers. It was canceled by Vince McMahon himself. The unscripted style of the show played a part in as McMahon was not pleased with the show and felt that it wasn't best for the company's interests. While still very connected to what happens at the WWE televised events, Vince has not been present at shows as of late. He was present last week at last week's show and made the decision to cut the weekly format and per McMahon eventually end it altogether. Uh, it is worth noting that, that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter is disputing the SI story, tweeting, if that was the case, he'd have canceled it completely instead, but he kept it only after pay-per-view shows. Shortly after reports resurfaced that the show's cancellation, Meltzer said on Twitter that it was canceled because not enough people watch it. It's a fucking lie. Uh, it was, and, if you look at the rankings for, for viewership on WWE Network shows, which I believe is available publicly, uh, it was relatively low. Now, they own the network. They can work and gimmick those numbers, I'm sure, to make whatever story they want out of it. Uh, so it depends on what you believe. I will say this, uh, from a business perspective, I can understand Vince not liking the show. And allow me to explain why. <laughs> um Allow me to simply say this. If you're Vince McMahon, given the unstructured, unscripted uh, nature of that show, you end up with guys running their own angles on the show that are not what your business is planning to do. For example, as much as The Miz got attention for that Daniel Bryan storyline, they weren't going to be able to do anything to pay it off. So they left the fans hold with the, you know, basically holding their dicks. And from a business perspective, I can understand Vince not being a fan of something like that. I love the show personally, but just in playing devil's advocate, I can understand why that might be a problem for Vince McMahon. Who are we talking about, guys? Who's that? Who's that? (laughs) Hey, guys, 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 I haven't been paying attention, but I I wanted to hop on here to ask you guys a really important question. Well, two. Two really important questions. Yes, they're real and they're spectacular. (laughs) <laughs> that was my third one for off air. My first question was, have you visited the questionable Endeavor Network website at questendnetwork.com? You're such a whore. Okay. Second question is, have you guys talked about the most important news segment from this entire week? Probably have to tell us. Ladies and gentlemen, the father of Quest End himself, 
Andy is here. Yes, and I've come with an important message. Punk Watch 2017. Oh, this is going to be good. So what do you guys think about CM Punk possibly coming back? Well, maybe not at all, but do we care at this point if we talked about that? Did I miss that? No, you did not miss it. We did not touch on that yet. Eh, fuck so it. what do we fuck think? CM Punk. <laughs> all right, Jason, there's, there's, Jason there's, there's be honest. Here. Was it part of your news segment of the rumors going around no, this week? I don't dedicate any fucking time to rumors of CM Punk. <laughs> I got to be honest. I didn't buy it because uh, everybody's always talking about Punk. Oh, they want to bring Punk back. He's he has no interest. Oh no, no. And, and realistically, back. what the rumor amounts to is, I think it was Kurt Angle was asked about Punk and said he didn't think he'd ever fight again and that he'd probably come back someday. That, that's the extent of where this rumor came from, as far as I know. I don't. I heard something about Dave Meltzer. Uh, of course, you know, good good old Dave Meltzer talking about uh, certain names of people that McMahon was interested in trying to get back. I know Johnny Mundo, Ray Mysterio, and Ray Mysterio. Punk was I on did that hear list. Ray Mysterio. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm sure Vince would love. Look, just like the Hardys, Vince would love to have him back. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to come I back? I don't know uh, if Vince wants not. him back, dude. That's a. You got to keep in mind the guy is a giant fucking headache to work with. As good as he is in the ring, the the fucking attitude problem at times for certain guys just outweighs what they bring you in terms True. of value no, in the you're ring. you're right. But Dude, he took money back Warrior talks. and Bret Hart. I mean, you want money to talk about money, If the money's there and both sides are willing, it could happen. But I don't know if both we'll sides say. are willing. I just thought it was an interesting bit of news I wanted to bring up, and I found that really cool sound effect. <laughs> uh, all right, so shall I continue with the, with the rest of the news? We, I like that you almost said the actual news. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag fake news. Um, AJ Styles sent shockwaves on July 7th as he defeated Kevin Owens to become the United States champion during a live event in New birthday. York's Madison Square Garden. Apparently there were two reasons for the title change. According to a report by Sportskedia, with Rusev's return to television as an anti-American heel and Jinder Mahal also spouting anti-American rhetoric, Whoa. WWE officials felt that there were one too many... Whoa. Did I just that was weird. Lose connection or something? Uh, either you did or I did because the whole screen well, went black. Well, well I, mine did okay. too. I lost Adam's con- not there anymore. Adam's- Andy's not there anymore. <laughs> okay, so it's just you. Well, and I'm here. So hey guys. Okay, I'll keep going. Oh, uh, there they are. They're back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, we totally lost. I don't know what happened, but I disappeared. No, uh, same thing happened to me. Everybody just like blacked out for a second. That was weird. WWFL officials felt that there were one too many SmackDown Live stars portraying similar gimmicks. Therefore, it was decided that Owens was the one who needed the gimmick the least of the three. The other reason for the title change had to do with the DVD and Blu-ray on Styles that the WWE plans to release next year. With the release several months away, WWE officials felt that Styles needed to have another significant moment highlighted since his WWE Championship win was nine months ago. It also should be noted that the WWE is open to a title change at a house show every two to three years just to set the narrative that anything can happen at the WWE at any time. Uh, of course, next Sunday at Battleground, Owens will challenge Styles in a rematch for the U.S. Championship, and we'll discuss that when we get to predictions. Yeah, but fuck the Kevin Owens DVD that just came out. <laughs> right. That's our. That's already been done. We don't need to put any more shit in that. <laughs> uh, Never mind all the... Uh, you know, merchandise and, and entrance of, of Kevin Owens as the face of America. 
Uh, in the eyes of a few WWE officials, some of the women who wrestled in the Mae Young Classic, quote, aren't hot. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest <laughs> issue of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, supposedly a thing. those in the company who believe WWE women, quote, all have to be hot, were not <sighs> pleased with some of the talent used in the 32 women tournament. They feel that a lot of the women used aren't good-looking enough for WWE standards. According to a Twitter user who has sources in the WWE and has broken a number of stories, the officials who Meltzer did not name are Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn. Fucking shocker. Lord. This Twitter user also noted that he was given the names of who McMahon and Dunn specifically disliked. Quote, don't blame me, Meltzer said on this matter. I think last year showed conclusively that the audience reacts better better now to strong performers than hot women who are there for nothing other than being hot. Quote, the lack of reaction to Lana in her new role as compared to her old role, the women... The one woman being marketed in the old way to the extreme kind of showed that. But far more important than if the crowd does or doesn't react, those who have access to the quarter-hour numbers and have noted this group of women do far better in the ratings than the Kelly Kelly types and Maurice types. And the women in general did when the women were hired with the idea of getting the hottest models and trying to teach them how not to have bad girly matches, as opposed to now where the women aren't discouraged from wrestling a hard style. Meltzer also noted that the WWE gave some of the women full makeovers prior to the tournament. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what? What? Where? Do, Happy Women's is not, Revolution. Is this not the 21st century? This is ridiculous. Like, where are we in our culture right now? Now, like, Andy, you you did miss it. We just were talking about how in NXT, Ember Moon and Ruby Riot <laughs> tore the house down. Uh-huh. They put on a fantastic women's match. And and that's what NXT does is they showcase women for their talent in the ring. Right. And then there's this. And it, they do a women's tournament, and Vince McMahon is unhappy because they're not hot. Andy yeah. will see that to me in a Ruby Riot match in about two years. I'll get that's there. True. I'll get there. <laughs> I, I, I just hit December on NXT. I'm, I'm up to December. Uh, Ooh, that's pretty good. Kenny yeah. on the side says, Tamina is hot? Question mark. Uh, I guess to some people. Um, and Kogo Sean says it's been announced that all of the matches in the Mae Young Classic will now be evening gown matches. <laughs> uh, uh, something touched on a little bit earlier. Rey Mysterio is currently negotiating with WWE and Global Force Wrestling, according to Sports Illustrated. Mysterio, who is 42 years old, is currently seen on El Rey's Lucha Underground. He is signed through the end of the third season, which is set to air in September, and would then be free to work with any wrestling company after his 90-day non-compete clause expires. There is strong, he can go to Global Force. That's fine. There is strong incentive for both companies to make Mysterio an offer he cannot refuse. WWE is still searching for a big Latino star after failing to replace Mysterio in the first place. According to Sports Illustrated, Global Force Wrestling is very motivated to move away from Alberto El Patron wonder why uh, and generate some (laughs) positive headlines by inking the legendary Mysterio. Mysterio parted ways with WWE in February of 2015 but has always been open to the idea of returning. His son Dominic is looking to follow in his father's footsteps so Mysterio could opt to return to WWE in hopes that it helps his son's future. Uh, The possibility also looms that Lucha Underground will swoop in with an offer to retain Mysterio but El Rey has yet to announce a fourth season for the show. I thought Dominic was Eddie's son. No. no, no, no. Remember uh, Ray climbed the pole and got the paternity Ray. test or whatever? Oh, Lord. Ray won the letterman, yeah. Uh, no, uh, Ray Mysterio can stay as far away from WB as humanly possible. Aww. That'd be great, thanks. That's a little harsh. I mean, 
I don't know. I think I think he had his run. Um, in, unless they have a really good idea for Mysterio in WWE, then you know go for it. But I, they won't. They won't use no, him. Right? You know what? The, so, you know what their idea is? Put him up against the Big Show again. He could team up with Sin Cara. Ugh. Allow me to present you with a, 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 a great idea for Rey Mysterio, general manager of Two Hundred Five Live. <laughs> I, hey, I might be okay what, though? with that. You know, he doesn't kill a guy. We're okay. That's not bad. It brings credibility to that show. Did you just say as long as he doesn't kill a guy? (laughs) Sorry. All right. Oh, God. Uh, Coco Sean says, thank goodness Ray won Dominic back in that ladder match. Otherwise, he'd be an orphan. Uh, (laughs) So, Shaw Guerrero is an orphan? Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Vicky's not dead. (laughs) It only, but then if Dom, never mind. It, all, it only takes a glance at the WWE's May Young Classic field to see that it is stacked with talent who have wrestled for TNA in the past, and apparently and who aren't hot. And apparently Taylor Wilde, who was almost one of them, the former Knockouts champion, revealed on Twitter that similar to Serena Deeb, she was looking to come out of retirement for the 32 woman tournament. However, the plans were scrapped after she, after she sustained an injury while training. She tweeted, Aww. "I was considered to partake in the May Young Classic due to an injury sustained in training. Retirement is where I will stay. However, that doesn't mean I wouldn't consider other opportunities. I'm just retired as an in-ring talent." Uh, Wilde, whose real name is Chantel Malowski. Uh, was under contract to WWE in 2006 and seven, but never made it past the developmental system. In 2008, she joined TNA and would go on to become a one-time Knockouts champion and a two-time ta- Knockouts tag team champion, because that was a thing. I forgot about it. Uh, with her partners, Sarita and Hamada. Oh, yeah. While also becoming the first wrestler to have held both titles, after departing from TNA in December of 2010, she announced her retirement from professional wrestling and wrestled her final match on February 5th, 2011, and has stayed retired since then, so... Uh, last night or last week during Raw, Emma expressed her frustration on not being used during the match between Raw Women's yeah. Champion Alexa Bliss and Bailey. She tweeted, "Here in Nashville, watching Alexa versus Bailey, then Sasha and Nia. Love watching others get more opportunities that I never got. Cool." Uh, Emma returned to action last month after suffering a shoulder injury in early May. WWE teased the storyline with her and Dana Brooke at the Great Balls of Fire kickoff show, but have yet to follow up on it. Uh, Emma signed a contract with WWE in 2011, but did not report to developmental until 2012. She also tweeted that she has been with WWE for five years and was just sitting backstage at Raw. Hey, maybe that's who uh, maybe that's who Jason Jordan was traded for, and she can fight Naomi at the pay per view. Maybe there you go. Maybe that's who's been destroying the fashion police's office. Yes, because she's, she's going her there gimmick. to steal. She uh, stole her gimmick. She was the but, uh, first one to be bring the hot cop gimmick to WWE. So there yep. you go. Yep, there you go. Uh, maybe Emma gets released before the SummerSlam. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, tweeting negative shit about your your company is always a good move. Uh, That'll, that'll get you pushed. Yeah, that's exactly. Which is sad because I've always liked Emma. I've always thought she had a, she was a great performer in the ring. Obviously, a great look. Uh, it's sad they couldn't find anything from her, but I think they just never trusted her. Yeah, for a multitude. Uh, a lot of, reasons. A lot of injuries too. I think curtailed. Some a lot of, of injuries piled up. Um, there is speculation on WWE possibly trying to recruit 22-year-old Iranian wrestler Hassan Yazdani, who won a gold medal at the 2016 Olympic Games. Yazdani was mentioned several times on last week's Raw as Arya Davari dedicated his win over Akira Tozawa to Yazdani. Um, apparently, they've also kind of been using Kurt Angle to sort of back-channel talk to him about transitioning from an Olympic wrestling 
to a professional wrestling. Uh, I don't know if anybody... He's, he's also Kurt Angle's son. <laughs> he's his Iranian son. I don't know if uh, anyone is familiar with Hassan Yazdani, but he's a very talented Olympic wrestler. It'd be interesting to see if he could make I'm familiar with him because Arya Davari put him over, which I was like, what did they sign this guy? There you go. <laughs> no, just trying to get him, push him before they have to actually sign him. So, uh, Meanwhile, Emma still sat, sat backstage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sad. Hassan Yazdani got a better push this week than Emma. Um, you all right, Adam? Yep, sorry. Okay. Uh, WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar is rumored to be returning to the UFC in the near future. The At Talk MMA Twitter account, which has revealed a few stories in the past, reports that Lesnar and Heyman were at UFC HQ to meet with company officials during International Fight Week earlier this month. While this should be taken as a rumor for now, but the report states that Lesnar's return to the Octagon is imminent and likely for the November 4th show from Madison Square Garden. They also state that Lesnar is expected to drop the Universal title at SummerSlam in August. Uh, they also noted that a second source told them that Lesnar is back in the testing pool for the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, a.k.a. USADA. Uh, Lesnar was suspended from fighting for one year due to his failed drug tests related to the UFC 200 fight against Mark Hunt, but he is now eligible to fight again. I don't think that's entirely accurate. We'll get to that after. Uh, it was reported back in July of 2016 that Lesnar was still under contract to UFC, Despite being signed to a WWE deal, it was also reported that in July—sorry, last July—that Lesnar was eyeballing another fight for late 2016 or early 2017, but that was before the failed drug tests were announced. UFC rules state that a fighter must inform the promotion four months in advance if he or she is coming out of retirement, so they can be placed into the USADA testing pool. Uh, UFC President Dana White spoke with TMZ in December and said that he believes Lesnar's MMA career was winding down, but added that he's a freak of nature and anything could happen. Lesnar's UFC 200 win over Hunt was later overturned by the Nevada Athletic Commission and ruled a no contest due to the failed drug tests. Lesnar currently has an MMA record of five wins, three losses, and one no contest. So obviously... Serious question. Yes. If you're Brock Lesnar and you have just a plethora, plethora. a plethora, thank of you, of money, of money, and the WWE keeps throwing money at you, what is the desire to go back into a sport that you just got caught, you know, juicing up in, and you had your only match against Mark Hunt thrown out? Probably. So what the fuck is the point of getting back in the octagon? Probably the same motivation when he was on top of the WWE, the biggest thing in the company. And quit to go be on the practice squad of the Minnesota Vikings. Some people just crave authentic, real competition. And that is not something, for as good as, as much as we enjoy the product, that's not something you can necessarily get out of the WWE, where it's very scripted and very, you know, micromanaged. This may just be him having an in insane, intense urge to compete. Yeah, see, he was presented that chance three years ago. And then he he chose wrestling. He chose to re-sign with the WWE. No, he chose to do so. both. He just got suspended from UFC. That's true. Maybe he'll do both still. I don't know. I'm I'm all in for getting that Universal title off him. But I've enjoyed Brock's run since WrestleMania. I, you know, when he comes, it is an attraction. Well, his contract will expire after WrestleMania of this year, and now reports are surfacing that he has no intention of re-upping with a new contract. So, Alright, then yeah. you know what? Have fun, Ghoul. Goodbye. <laughs> well, say what you want. He is still a huge draw for them, so... Of course. Of course. But just like CM Punk, if you don't want to be here, then get the fuck out! 
Uh, Shane McMahon has survived a helicopter crash this week. Uh, a small helicopter. Helicopter. Crafter. <laughs> helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> Wow. It, it, it was not a crash, by the way, but continue. A small <laughs> helicopter carrying McMahon and one other passenger made a, quote, controlled landing, which sounds an awful lot like a crash, in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Anytime you make a, a, a landing in the ocean, it's a fucking crash. Uh, <laughs> off of Long Island's that old George Beach, Carlin bit. Wednesday morning, prompting a major emergency response. The pilot of the Robinson R-44 issued a mayday call just before going into the water about a half a mile offshore around 10.25 a.m. According to the Federal Aviation Administration, a commercial flight heading to John F. Kennedy International Airport heard the call for help and notified the FAA controllers. The FAA described the incident as a crash, but video from the scene showed the red helicopter resting on pontoons. Uh, apparently not submerged. The four-seater Robinson R-44 is designed to land in the water. Coast Guard officials say that the pilot deployed the pontoons to allow the aircraft to land safely. A Coast Guard official on scene said the helicopter, which had taken off from the Westchester County Airport, had some sort of mechanical issue that prompted the ocean landing. The FAA is investigating. It's very, un- quote, it's very unsettling when you have something happen and hear a bang and they say, we're going to do an emergency landing in the water, McMahon said when interviewed after the crash landing. It's very unnerving, but again, the other passenger rescued was calm, so I was calm, and we landed perfectly, end quote. Um, one of my favorite parts of this, I don't know if you saw any of the interview with the TV, was the reporter saying, hey, are you Vince McMahon's son? <laughs> 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 just checking anybody else with any thoughts on Shane McMahon's you know you had to know a helicopter crash wasn't bringing this guy down you think he survived all the shit he survived jumping off of I'm surprised he didn't just do an yeah. elbow drop off the helicopter as it crashed into the water yeah. I was going to say when prompted Shane was like was I nervous no I jumped off hell in the cell god damn it right? <laughs> Okay. I'm sure that you're not going to mention the uh, the Rusev tweet. No. Oh, Andy, you're a big Rusev fan. Yes, I am. So Sorry, the what... storm is intense. I'm just watching This is like crazy, like torrential downpour. But anyway, carry on. Did you hear what Rusev? Tweeted no, I, after I, I, Shane I missed that. What, what did Rusev say? Rusev tweeted, "When you don't respond to my video messages, you land in the ocean." <laughs> Okay. At, Shane, at Shane McMahon, hashtag karma spelled with a C for some reason. <laughs> hashtag WWE. Uh, maybe hashtag they don't have in Bulgaria. Uh, but that's awesome. <laughs> that's amazing. Land in the ocean. Oh, that's too great. That is amazing. I love that so much. Uh, in a move being compared to the Montreal Screwjob, Taya Valkyrie apparently has quit AAA on Twitter earlier this week after Sexy Star won the AAA Reina de Reinas championship at Sunday's AAA television taping in Monterey. It was Star's first match for the promotion since she announced her retirement from pro wrestling last year. According to the Wrestling Observer, AAA asked Taya's boyfriend slash fiance Johnny Mundo to bring her title belt with him for a few weeks. I'm sorry, a few weeks ago for some photos backstage. When he did, the company announced to the crowd that the championship was now vacant. Vampiro would later tell the crowd that Taya no-showed the TV tapings, even though she wasn't ever scheduled to be there. Mundo still has several title belts belonging to the company, but it's unknown if he will return them. Uh, Taya was stripped of the title earlier in the month because she used a choke during her no-DQ match with Aiko Hamada months earlier in April when she won the belt. Taya noted that she was stabbed in the back and said goodbye to AAA. Vampira went on a Twitter tirade 
um, after a fan said that he lost respect for Vampiro and Sexy Star over the situation. Vampiro replied, Probably shouldn't do this as I don't give a fuck, but a mark is a mark, regardless of the gender. It's going to be, it's called building a story and an angle, and the day that the talent dictates what happens in any company when the co- is when the company is in trouble. There are hundreds of people involved in planning stories, programming events in advance, and for me to even waste time addressing this to you is crazy, as I have a responsibility to do the best I can with what I have in front of me. Running a company in three continents is extremely complicated. Now, as far as Taya is concerned, I choose not to say anything, as I have been around long enough to see many young talents close doors because they lose touch with reality. I support her, and I think she is incredible. Her opinions are hers and hers alone. As far as you go, they say, you do what I have done or go through what I have gone through, and she can do a better job than me, then I will respect you. For now, I apologize, but to me, you're a person who made me take five minutes out of my day to answer your text out of respect for your ignorance. Other than that, have a good day. Um, Wow. Mundo replied to Vampiro and called him, quote, a two-faced lying douchebag who believes his own lies. (laughs) Uh, tweeting officially, officially tweeting. I'm a mark for pro wrestling. Taya is a mark for hard work. The hard work a title represents. Vampiro, you are a mark for yourself. The locker room oh. thinks you are a two-faced lying douchebag who believes his own lies. Hashtag Office Stooge. Retweet if you're with us. Uh, Vampiro responded to Morrison on Facebook saying. My response to Johnny Mundo, Taya, and fans in general is this. The perfect case of something that can turn into something very bad. When I took the job of talent relations, producing, and writing, I know I knew for a fact that I would have to have a thick skin because no matter what you do or how you do it, when you work in the entertainment industry or any industry for that matter, you are in a position of influence and have responsibilities no matter what and no matter why. There will always be somebody who will not like you. I have also learned that you have you are a public person. There will be more people who hate you than like you, and you will be destroyed in public via social media and every other outlet available, as no matter what, even if you are trying to do the best you can, somebody will be offended. I get that, and it's all good. I'm okay with it, and I think that's why I continue to grow as a person, because I can understand that sooner or later I will make someone angry. So I prefer to be honest, and this is, I am as a human being, they do... Uh, and that is, that is, I am a human being, and they do make mistakes, and by no means do I think I'm perfect. I'm only learning to do this job day by day, and I'm trying my hardest. I think Taya is incredible. I think she's a great performer, and she has so much more in front of her. I do think it was completely irresponsible in how I went about the situation with her, and for that I apologize. As far as Johnny goes, I have nothing but respect for him, and I think that he's one of the best pro wrestlers in the world today and certainly one of the best ever of his generation. I'm just a guy who is trying his hardest to do his job. I do not apologize for who I am, but I do apologize if I have offended anyone, and I do make professional mistakes. In saying that, I do not do anything on my own. I always run things by my superiors, as that is the way things are supposed to be done. But I do strongly stand by what I am trying to transmit on television. I am certain that I cannot make everybody happy all the time, and I do realize that I am just a passenger on this journey, and sooner or later I will be out of style and somebody will take my place. But in the meantime, I'm going to continue to try to do my best and certainly not getting involved in a Twitter feud, work or no work. 
I certainly hope this clears things up. There are great storylines and great angles coming up, and it's not my fault if talent is unhappy with me, but I am extending my hand in friendship and asking for forgiveness for whatever I have done wrong, and I would love to have a discussion with anybody that has been offended by me because I can guarantee you that I did not do it intentionally. This is the last I will comment on the issue, and I hope it's sufficient. Thank you much, and have a great evening. Jesus. This is a giant shit show for Mexican, or triple A wrestling, Mexican wrestling, however you put it, um, on the par with the Montreal Screwjob because of the way things were handled. Uh, Certainly very shady to ask her boyfriend to bring you her title to take pictures as a way of getting the title back from her without having to do business with her. It's been going on in wrestling for years. Uh, the Montreal Screwjob was the most, you know, known one. But I mean, Jim Hurd and, and Ric Flair had a falling out over the big gold belts. Uh, there's been there's been other situations and other promotions where that happened. Uh, you know, if you believe the rumors, um, Buddy Rogers was never told he was losing the belt the night he lost it to Bruno San Martino. So it's never a good situation when when something like that happens. And I like Ty. I think she's a fantastic performer, and obviously Johnny Mundo. So, but she's got a little gap too. So she's probably not hot enough for Vince McMahon or Kevin Dunn. <laughs> so, shame she'd be great in NXT. Uh, speaking of NXT, uh, last item in the news I want to uh, bring up here. Uh, this is sort of breaking news as it came out today. And for his part, he has not made this actually official, but uh, local independent wrestler and former Ring of Honor star Donovan Dijak announced that he is finishing up his independent bookings and will not be taking any future ones, which has pretty much uh, convinced people that the long-standing rumors that he has signed with NXT are becoming official and he will be joining WWE and NXT brand in the near future. So, big congratulations to Donovan Dijak. I remember the first time I saw him back in APW as the Yugoslavian nobleman. Um, <laughs> did a hell of a job with that gimmick and has done a hell of a job with everything since. Uh, tremendous performer in the ring. The things he does at his size he should not be able to do uh, was incredibly underutilized, I thought, by Ring of Honor, and I'm looking forward to see what uh, what he can do down in NXT. So, again, congrats yeah. to Donovan Dijak. Yeah. I am absolutely, absolutely thrilled for uh, for Dijak. I can't wait to see him on the 5th of August at Lucky Pro and, uh, and tell him that in person. Absolutely. I don't know that person, but thumbs you will. up for that guy. You will, my friend. Yeah. You, will. you will, and he's he's great. Uh, uh, not to brag for the other two uh, hosts from New England here, but when you turn on wrestling these days, a lot of people announce from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm just saying. It still blows my mind sometimes the, the amount of guys I, I've worked with or worked around that I've seen on, I see on TV on a weekly basis. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it's amazing right now, man. And uh, you're going to see a lot of those guys this coming Sunday at Fenway Park when we present the Wrestling <gasps> Supercard exclusive announcements Exclusive. coming up immediately after our Battleground Predictions. predictions. <laughs> exclusive. Stay tuned. It's just a little bit of ways. It is. Let's get to those predictions, shall we? Let's do the Battleground yes, is let's do the predictions, and I'm going to hop off after Sunday. that because I don't want to lose this audio. But I Wait, do are you actually going to predict this pay-per-view? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm going to predict it. Well, I'm going to predict the fuck out of it. Let's do this. <laughs> it's, the, it's, the only, it's the only Randy's and Andy's here is to whore out the network. Yep, one. Thunder two, noises. Play, two, talk about CM Punk and play the music. And three, to do predictions. <laughs> That's the best part of the show is predictions. Well, he also came okay. on to ask me part. about my titties. 
And that, well, that's the fourth one. Again, that was off yes. air that I was going to talk to you about that. Uh-huh. But, you know. Every time there's news about punk, will you come on here and do punk watch? Absolutely. I, I'm going to bookmark this YouTube video. That's, I'm going to do that right now, actually. Okay. Uh, Battleground, this Sunday, live on pay-per-view. Okay, a so hold on. I, I've decided I'm going to approach predictions going forward in a new way. Okay. I'm, I'm oh. not going to predict what I think is going to happen. I'm going to tell you how I would book it. Okay, Vince. Uh, right? <laughs> once, uh, in the, on the kickoff show, once more into the breach we go, Ty Dillinger battling AIDS. Uh, oh, oh, wait, to- okay. I, yeah, AIDS in English. Okay, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, I, I like, this is a tragic I, story. How did that not get into I the only news? said it that because I knew that Andy did not know what that joke meant. <laughs> I, he was not here the first time <laughs> we made that joke. Carry on. Yes. All right. Uh, wow. Ty, Dill- Ty Dillinger taking on Aiden English with no build-up, no story whatsoever. Just, it's yeah, so put those two guys on the kickoff show a, again. A way to push Ty, then. It's going to be Ty winning. I would hope so, because they're certainly not doing anything with jacked-up math teacher Aiden English. Ten! Ten! It's a fucking Ten! That was the most perfectly timed thunderclap I think I've ever heard. It was pretty good. I like it. <laughs> right. Keep that one in. Uh, Sal. Uh, believe it or not, I'm going to go with Aiden English and hope it leads to something. Maybe well, you... he cheats. Hashtag well, Sal so... roots for AIDS. Oh. <laughs> Sal, Sal's <laughs> pro-AIDS, ladies and gentlemen. What I think is going to happen, not what I want to happen. So you want Ty to get AIDS? Oh. <laughs> You're a son of a bitch. Jesus Christ, dude. I want Ty to win. I don't think he's winning. I think he's So you think he's going to lose his battle with AIDS? It's getting dark. Oh, those are sirens. All right, let's let's move this along. Those are sirens. He's not a dark match. It's actually going to be shown on the network. Those are are definitely sirens. We probably should move this along so I can make sure that's not a tornado. Just (laughs) added Sami Zayn versus Mike Kanellis. Uh, Got to be Mike. You can't have him lose. Mike, whatever. give it, give it so. to Mike. I think so, yeah. Plus, go check that out, Andy. I'm going to go, gonna go make sure that, that you know, race turning on the TV. I'll be right back. Everybody's dying. Everybody in Iowa's dead. Uh, yeah, well, they did a vote for Trump, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Mike Mike wins. Has to. With chicanery, but I, that's Power. fine. Which sucks because I like I hate when Sammy loses, but you know I'd like to see Sammy get more of a push. The power of Lou—he's the Tommy Dreamer. He can lose every time. True, and he doesn't even have to wrestle in the shirt. Hmm? Oh no! But apparently the Usos do. (laughs) What I got that weenie do? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Andy, you good? Uh, I don't know. We just turned the TV on, so he's gonna check. But anyway, uh, what, what are we on? Uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go to the SmackDown tag title match, and Andy, you and I had a hell of a time discussing the rap battle a couple weeks back. So we did, the, uh, we did the Usos versus the New Day for the tag titles. Who do you got? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the Usos. No, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Usos. I think the Usos retain, and maybe they have one more match at, at uh, SummerSlam, and maybe then we'll have the titles change hands. Okay, Sal. Yeah, I, I uh, Andy, you sold me. Um, maybe maybe they go with a last chance ever for the uh, New Day at SummerSlam, and and then they win it there. But yeah, Usos retain. Okay, I'm gonna go New Day. What? What? Uh, I'm gonna say Usos simply because the lack of other face tag teams gives them a reason to drag this out for another pay per view, at least for SummerSlam. 
True. And there's no special stip on this match, so you got to think the special stip is coming at SummerSlam. True. There's not really a, not a whole lot of time to build a new program for SummerSlam either, so giving them a reason to continue this one makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they'll just... They can, they can, uh, the New Day wins by countout again. Or by the New Day wins by disqualification this time. Maybe they'll go to right. SummerSlam <laughs> against the New Day and Jon Stewart will help the New Day win. There you go. Oh! <laughs> I had almost forgot that happened. <laughs> It's one of my wallpapers in rotation. Is, uh, is John Stewart and <laughs> Stewart and Cena with a chair? Of, co- of course it is. Next one. Anyway, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. I gotta say this is going to be Nakamura, only given the way they tr- typically treat the person with the money in the bank briefcases. They can lose right. and lose and lose and lose until they cash in, and uh, right. it makes no sense to have Nakamura lose at this point. So I'm going to go Nakamura. Agree, one hundred percent. Uh, I think they might swerve us. I, th- I think I think we're all expecting Nakamura, so we'll get uh, Baron Corbin winning this one un- with an underhanded, you know, smack of the brie- briefcase or something. Well, you're wrong. Nakamura's gonna win. <laughs> okay, fine, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Thought it'd be contrarian, but anyway. Fatal five-way elimination match to determine the number one contender to the uh, women's championship. Naomi's women's championship at SummerSlam. Charlotte versus Becky Lynch versus Natalia versus Tamina versus Lana. I mean, I think it's obviously Lana, you guys. Could uh, be. No, I'm I'm on this in this kind of on the same boat as uh, as Jason was earlier, thinking that they're they're going to give it uh, they're going to give Charlotte a shot at this point. Yeah, I think they sort of started to dance around the Charlotte Naomi thing a little while ago, and sort of dropped it to to move to Carmella and fill in with Lana. Um, I think Charlotte's going to win it here. I think Charlotte's going to win the title at SummerSlam, and I think Carmella's going to cash in on her that night, and that's going to be how they get there. So a couple weeks back when they announced the match, Shane made it a point to say that this was going to be for a one-on-one match at SummerSlam, and the only person that could be featured in that kind of match with Naomi's got to be Charlotte. Well, Becky could. Uh, I, yeah, I'm gonna go Becky. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be the one person again that goes outside of it, just because. I don't know. I feel like maybe they're gonna save the Charlotte thing uh, for later, and maybe have Charlotte go one on one with, uh, you know, with Carmella, perhaps at like I don't know whatever other big ones after SummerSlam. So I, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna, go, they're gonna go with Becky for now. So I'm glad Andy said I'm gonna go outside of it because the, using outside the box as it relates to the women's match would have been a phrasing error. That is that would yes we're still doing phrasing. <laughs> AJ Styles defending his United States Championship against Kevin Owens. Once they're dead, they're just hookers. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no Cyril. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Uh, um, U.S. US I title match. I don't know. I, I kind of there's a small part of me that wonders if Owens is going to win it right back, but I, I think they're going to just going to keep it on AJ. I don't. I say they're going to keep it on AJ, and they're going to go right into uh, AJ Styles' U.S. Open Challenge, and I'm fine with that. I don't want to see the face, the new face of America gimmick end, but I agree. I think that stayed on AJ Styles here. Yeah, and it kind of bums me out. Um, but yeah, I don't think they. I don't think you make the swap at MSG to make the swap back two weeks later. So. Everybody's favorite match. Fuck this. Flag match. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to it, guys. 
Of course you are. Cena versus Rusev. Flag match in 2017. In a match only comparable to the U.S. military versus Al-Qaeda <sighs> post 9-11. <laughs> That's what John Cena said on SmackDown. Yeah. He compared it to 9-11. Uh, well, you know. Did, um, didn't know we were at war with Bulgaria, but that's okay. Well, you know. Or Bulgaria, as American. he likes to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Uh, obviously, Dick jokes are funny. Obviously, Cena wins, although... I think it would be a hell of a a hell of a middle finger to the audience to have Rusev go over in this one. Like I think that'd be right? so great. I would I would love. My heart wants Rusev to win this okay. so badly. Then, okay. um, but it, it'll probably be Cena. Then allow me. This is one of the matches where I I specifically I, I want to book this because to your point, Andy. Here's how I do this. I have Rusev win because I have the Singh brothers come out and cost John Cena the match. Oh, I'm fine with that. Yep. I like that idea. That, of course, leads to SummerSlam. Cena yep, angry yep, yep. goes after the Singh brothers, and then mm-hmm. you get Jinder and Cena at WrestleMania. I'm going yeah. Rusev wins, Singh brothers interfere. That would be good booking. Jason, I would like to take your booking one step further <laughs> and have Rusev then align himself. Ah, they already did that. In a... With him and Rusev, but you don't think and... like him is the real like enforcer of that, you know, kind of tandem would be even better. I don't want to see Rusev playing a second banana. Yeah, uh, I want to see him doing this. I like that idea though. I don't think they're gonna do it. I, I I gotta admit, as much as John Cena is hyping this up that he has to win this for for the good old U.S. of A., it would be a hell of a booking decision to have him lose. Mm-hmm. It would yeah. definitely be much more well, interesting and, than if he won. And wanted. by having the Singh brothers involved, you build to your SummerSlam program and give Cena an out for why he lost, and you don't have to have Rusev lose his return match. Uh, Absolutely. All of which makes a ton of sense to me, and so they probably won't do it. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it, it would do far, far, far more for Rusev to win this match than it will harm Cena to lose this match, which is why Cena is going to win this match. Right. Um, yeah, I don't think there's uh, there's no doubt in my mind that that's what they're gonna do because Herba Derp All American, um, and your main event, the Punjabi Prison match for the WWE uh, Heavyweight Championship, Randy Orton versus the modern day Maharaja, Jinder Mahal. Jinder all the way. <laughs> Jinder's gonna win. That's the worst Arnold Schwarzenegger movie I ever saw, by the way. Um, yeah, I think I think I think gender takes it and moves on to something else, and I don't think they're going to put the belt back on Randy at this Please point. Please don't put it back on Randy Orton. No, yeah, it's going to stay on gender. I I say gender, but this is how I would book it because you brought up his name a couple of uh, SmackDowns ago. I would have Kali come out from the underneath the ring. No, <laughs> no, and attack, no, and attack Randy no. Orton. No. Well then, then we get and that awesome have... Randy Orton. Uh... I'll do. I'll, hey, I'll do you one better. The two Sal. of them at SummerSlam. <laughs> I'll do you one better, Sal. Randy Orton's about to climb down the cage. Jinder gets under him and holds him on his shoulders and won't let him get down. As Jinder goes over the other side of the cage. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> <laughs> I never need to see the great Kali on my television ever again. So. Maybe we can re-sign Rey Mysterio and then do Kali versus Mysterio. Adam? Oh, there you go. That would be that would be fitting with whatever what they usually do with Rey Mysterio. So. Okay, Adam. 
Whoa, there's fire going on. Fire, oh, fire. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, my wife just tried to set me on fire. <laughs> She's hey. saying, get your goddamn ass off this podcast. It's almost midnight. Dicks on fire. Well, this is going off the road. Abigail's ashes do not did, light that man on fire. Did you just fire. call me a dick? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, guys, I'm going to hop off. Have fun with the closing half hour. Wait, there's one more prediction. There's one, there's more. one more prediction. Yes. There's there's a team There's a team that's been harassing Brizongo, and they're going to reveal themselves. Oh, I forgot about that. Well, we did the main event. Well, it's not the main event. It's just we added it to the... Oh, okay. Te- technically, Adam forgot to mention that, yeah. but that's okay. So, well, um, so who do we think the mystery team is going to be? going off what's on the rundown. Um, uh-huh. I'm still going Harper and Rowan. Yeah, I'm with Adam. I I was I wasn't there until I saw the note because the note was written almost like a child, which sort of fits the mentality that they they portray with Eric Rowan. I'm going AOP. Wait, it's you. Yeah, I'm going off. I'm going off as a pain as well. See, if it was prior to SummerSlam, I would say that, but they've still got the SummerSlam pay per view in Brooklyn to do for NXT. Yes. So having well, them come up, they that, can do both. That never, Kevin Owens has done yes, both. Because, they never Kevin Owens. And because the best thing to do at this point is to ta- is to take a tag team out of NXT. Well, they'll just split them up Man. in a couple weeks anyway. That's true. <laughs> exactly. We don't need tag team wrestling. <laughs> the depth of the tag division in NXT. And Raw and SmackDown. All right. Should we go okay. to, uh, to our exclusive now? All yes. right. Well, I'm going to get out of here because I, I, yeah, don't I don't want to die. So I'll see you guys later. Let's I'll send you the uh, audio. Have a great rest of the show. It to me. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Indeed. Ruby slippers. I'm bullshit. <laughs> Exclusive. All right, so as teased on social media and as mentioned a couple times during the show, uh, for our New England fans, uh, it is time. We are going to this Sunday, and Adam and I will both be in attendance and participating. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Sunday. It is all day. It is the El Mundo Fan Festival at Fenway Park. As part of that, the Bell Time Club and Dante Luna will be presenting a wrestler in All Stars of New England showcase. We are talking... Stars of New England championships from multiple promotions will be defended in one building. This is a first. This is the kind of stuff that's not happened in the past before. This is a legit super show for New England wrestling. And I have what is, as of now, the official card. As always, card is subject to change. So there's nothing we can do if something like that happens. But as of right now, the official card I'm going to announce right now to our viewers and listeners in the New England area, this is all the incentive you need to show up at Fenway Park Sunday afternoon. I'm so excited. We have a Green Monster Challenge match, which is going to be a multi-person tag team match featuring Ty Shine, Nick Westgate, Alec Parnell, and Old School Cool taking on Jacoby, Mike Skyros, Eric Dillian, and Foxy Calvin Campbell. So that is a opening Green Monster Challenge multi-person tag match. Uh, representing APW, we will see Apocalypse in action taking on Cameron Replay. Uh, we are going to have a Fatal 4-Way Family Festival Tag Team Championship crowned as the Elements of Violence will take on Turtles in Time, the Baker Boys, and the Five Star Spectacle. Uh, so representatives of multiple promotions in that match. Uh, the team of Mass Destruction is going to take on the Heavy Hitters, who are champions in many places. The Elkmania Heavyweight Championship will be decide, will be defended in a Bay State Open Challenge as Derek Simonetti takes on Jack Kruger, Buddy Romano, and Tony Spencer. Yeah, that's the, the Bay State Heavyweight Championship. Yes, 
And the base state mm. open challenge. That's why I said base state open challenge. Jeez. Yeah, but you said Elkmania. And you didn't and say. Sorry. Anyway, whatever. Uh, we're going to have the Showcase Pro Championship as Punisher Don Vega takes on Cargill Vinton, takes on Scott Lador and Chris Matrix in a four-way. Lots of threes and four ways in this show. Uh, <laughs> representing NCW, Mike Pava and the Lumberjack are going to take on the main state posse. Uh, we got some women's action as Miss Sammy Lane is going to go one-on-one with Tequila Rose. Uh, a New England Pro Wrestling Academy match, Brett Domino versus Dan Lavoy versus Scotty Slade in the triple threat. Nice. Uh, we're going to have G.A. West versus Kellen Thomas versus Chris Camaro versus Scotty Vegas in a four-way. Nice. Uh, dance. Tim Lennox, Ike, and Sully Banger versus the Alpha Squad with Buff Fam. Uh, we're going to have Josh Briggs taking on Congo. That is going to be one you want to wow. see a couple big wow. dudes. Yes, nice. absolutely. Uh, Helen Vale versus Delilah Hayden versus Alicia Andrews in a triple threat women's match. We're going to have another triple threat as Dan Terry takes on Mike Orlando and Xavier Bell. That's some real up-and-coming talent yeah. in New England. Uh, rep- representing the RWA, we're going to have Mike Montero taking on Frank the Crank. Uh, Big Time Wrestling's heavyweight championship going to be defended as Flex Armstrong takes on the biggest of them all, Benny Jooks. That's going to be one you don't want to miss. Here's one I'm looking forward to. I haven't seen Benny in years. Here's one I'm looking forward to. The LPW heavyweight championship going to be defended as the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, brings the belt to Fenway to go one-on-one with Cam Zagami. Nice. The Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling Championship going to be defended as Johnny Idol takes on Tomahawk and Vaughn Vicious in a triple threat. That'll, uh, be, that'll be good, too. These the, guys are all great. The Pro Wrestling Magic Heavyweight Championship on the line as Pro Wrestling Savior JT Dunn takes on fabulous Johnny Vegas. And I haven't yet seen it, but I heard the, these guys had a match this past weekend that tore the house down. So I'm yeah. looking forward to wow. seeing this one live at Fenway. That's yeah. going to be a really cool match. Yeah, I uh, heard they absolutely nice. killed it at Chaotic last week. That's what I heard. Wow. Uh, representing NECW, Chris Escobar is going to take on uh, Devin Blaze, the funny man. That's going to be one I'm looking forward to. Devin's a very talented guy. Mm-hmm. Chris is Chris is tremendous. Uh Two tag team titles defended in one match as the Top Row Promotions and Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling Tag Team Championships are on the line when the Closers take on the cool people in the battle of two of the very talented tag teams in New England. Nice. Representing Chaotic, two of their top young talents go one-on-one as Ilya Markopoulos takes on Christian Casanova, and that is what you do not want to miss. That's going to be a great match. The UFO Heavyweight and Women's Championships will be defended in a mixed tag match where if either one of the champions loses, they will lose their title to their counterpart on the other side. The Kingpin, Ooh. Brian Malonis, teams with his protege, Davian, as they take on T-Phoenix and Isana. Wow. So two titles on the line in that one match. That's going to be a good one. Uh, the XWA Tag Team Championship on the line as Ace Romero and Anthony Green, who just captured those titles, I believe they call themselves uh, Take, take me, me Home Tonight. tonight. Uh, they're going to take on Trip and Mike Grasa, so that's going to be another great one. The El Mundo Grand Championship is going to be on the line in a fatal four-way as Toto Loco takes on Bo Douglas, takes on Slick Wagner Brown, and Jason Rumble. Those are four big names. Wow. Uh, We're also, of course, going to have a battle royal that you don't want to miss to, to uh, end off the show. So there it is. There's your, cra- there's your card stacked top to bottom. Titles yeah. from all sorts of promotions. It's an all-day event. We're going to be doing this thing. We're going to be exhausted by the end of the night, Adam. I hope you're yeah. ready. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But it's going to be a hell of an event, one of the biggest in the history of New England independent wrestling. It is $10 to enter the festival. It is this Sunday. I encourage you, if you're in the area, if you're a fan of wrestling, come check it out. There's a ton of other stuff going on, great stuff for the kids, face painting, all sorts of activities. I believe the Boston Celtics are going to have representation at the event. Uh, just take the day. It's a Sunday afternoon. Go down to Fenway Park. You spend $10. You come in. There's a ton of stuff to do, and you get to see the absolute best in New England independent wrestling on display. Mm-hmm. I am well worth the price of admission. I'm so fucking excited. You have no idea. So that is Sunday. Uh, coming up tomorrow night, uh, Bruce City Wrestling Summer Sizzler Tour continues Friday, July 21st at the Columbus Club of West Allis, Wisconsin. Bell time at 7.30. Doors open 6.45. Tickets are 20 bucks for ringside. 18 at the door. 16 on BruceCityWrestling1.com. Then uh, again, my favorite thing to say on this show. Join us at the Slurp and Burp Fun Bar, uh, 1450, 1454 South 92nd Street for the after party. On the card for that show, Bruce City Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship, uh, Max Holiday defending against Ring of Honor star, the Beer City Bruiser, Evil Dis taking on Sierra. Days, Evil Days. Uh, former yeah. WWE star Malia Hoska taking on the Midwest Slayer, Stacey Shadows. Uh, and more again, go to brewcitywrestling1.com. Uh, on Sunday, we've got, uh, Al Mundo. Uh, and then next Sunday, a free yeah, two show. Two Sundays in a row. Two Sundays in a row. Atlantic Pro Wrestling is privileged for our fifth year in a row to bring professional wrestling to Newburyport Yankee Homecoming as part of Old Fashioned Sunday. We have two old-fashioned Sunday battle royals where the winners will face off later to crown the Yankee homecoming champion. The main event of the day will feature the APW Heavyweight Championship on the line as the juggernaut John Poe defends against the unequaled one Todd Sopel. And this is a match Todd's been waiting for for a very long time, a shot to get back the APW Heavyweight Championship. We're also going to have the APW New England Championship defended as Xavier Bell takes on Mulligan Mike Pava. And I talked about this recently. APW begins the road to royalty where we will crown a new king of Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Qualifying matches will start this night with semifinals and finals to be held at Overload in September at the Boys and Girls Club in Salisbury, Massachusetts. Qualifying matches to take place at Yankee Homecoming will feature Lumberjake versus Cousin Larry, the selfie-made man Vern Vicalo versus Slam Dance Tim Lennox, the fit, the fitness man Dan Terry going to take on the Hampton Beach bad boy Hunter Ward and the Canadian legend Matt Loudon versus marvelous Michael McManus. And lastly, but not least, the Atlantic Pro Wrestling Women's Championship will be on the line as Vanity Vixen defends against Davian. And that is another match you do not want to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is next Sunday, July 30th at, on the Bartlett Mall on the new report Old Yankee Homecoming. Uh, again, free, free show, show. Free show. Outside. Always a great time uh, until the rain comes. And the rain always comes. <laughs> uh, then August 5th. Saturday, August 5th, uh, back to Saturday. Thank you. Uh, at the Elks Hall in Clinton, Massachusetts, Lucky Pro Wrestling presents Summer Sizzle. Uh, Get s- lucky! <laughs> already signed for that, uh, card. Brick Mass Stone defending his new LPW Hard Knocks Championship against the Dynasty, Bo Douglas. Uh, a special challenge match where, uh, Sweat Boy gets three minutes in the ring with Brian Cairo if he can beat Mr. Cairo's selected mercenary of, uh, Big Jim Anderson. 
Uh, the LPW Women's Championship on the line as Davian defends her title against former NXT superstar Deanna Perrazzo. And in your main event, uh, the LPW Championship, uh, Vern Vicalo or Cam Zagami, depending on what happens at El Mundo, will defend the title against uh, the Punjabi Lion, Robo. Also scheduled to appear the LPW Tag Team Champions, the Aristocrats, uh, the three horsemen of LPW, uh, Scotty Slade, Mike Webb, and Donovan Dijak. Uh, also, Adira, Isana, uh, Anthony Green, and more to be announced. Uh, look out for that on Facebook. Uh, and then, after that, uh, you got something going on on uh, the 23rd of August. Yeah, 23rd of August, UFO Wrestling back in action with Big Bang 2017. We are back at the Malden Irish American Club. Uh, doors open at 7 p.m. for a special meet and greet. Tickets are $12. General admission, reserved front row seats are available on advanced purchase only. All others are first come, first serve. And we have a tremendous card shaping up for UFO that night as the UFO Heavyweight Championship will be on the line, assuming Brian Malonis retains it at Fenway Park. We'll find out. If he does, he will be in attendance defending that title against Chris Dickinson, who's a big name in the New England independent world. Uh, the UFO tag team titles are going to be on the line as Bo Douglas and Josh Briggs, the champions, defend against the cool people who uh, they have a little history with each other from uh, recent UFO encounters. Uh, Teddy Goods is going to be there taking on one of New England's biggest stars, Ilya Markopoulos, in a one-on-one -on -one match. And the selfie-made man, Vern Vicalo, is going to take on Impact Wrestling star Robbie E. Also, we're going to have Furio Falcone, Aaron Amadeus, Benny Jux, and much, much more. That is UFO Big Bang 2017, August 23rd, Wednesday night at the Malden Irish American Club. Very nice, very nice. You Liberty can check States. Out UFO Wrestling on Facebook for more information. Yes. Good. Uh, Liberty States Wrestling returns on Saturday, September 9th, to the John McCarthy Elementary School in Peabody, Massachusetts. Nothing specific announced for that show just yet. Uh, and Elkmania returns with Elkmania 5 on Saturday, September 23rd at the Beverly Salem Elks Lodge in Beverly, Mass. Uh, the only thing announced for that so far is a battle between the two Bay State champions uh, as Derek Simonetti defends against Buddy Romano to determine the true Bay State championship, but, but we'll see what happens at Fenway Park. So uh, who knows what will happen there. You're not going to yell? What? We're not going to get an Elks on fire, honey? What are, you what are you talking about? I'm so disappointed. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Elks on <laughs> at Rundown Podcast on Twitter. Send us feedback to Rundown Gmail dot com. That's my uh, Mr. Kennedy gimmick. Leave a voicemail <laughs> on the hotline, Kennedy at six one seven eight six three six nine six seven. That is sixty one Rundown seven. Uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundown wrestling. Watch archived episodes at youtube.com slash rundown podcast. And uh, if you want to make a donation of the monetary variety, go to paypal.me slash rundown wrestling. Cost me 10 bucks a month to host this on Podomatic. If you want to help out with that, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, check out all the shows on the Questionable Endeavor Network. You've got your Shadow Veins, you got your Tuning Japanese, your Raw Attitude Podcasts. Slasher Sanitarium, The Pwn Stars, New Blood Rising, Words of Geekdom, all at questendnetwork.com, quest at questendnetwork on Twitter, and go to questendnetwork.com slash discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D, to check out our channel on the Discord app. Also, uh, allow me to just apologize for not getting a uh, rundown sit-down up this week with some between some scheduling conflicts and some birthday celebration obligations I had last week. I was unable to get one 
up, but uh, I will be back not next Monday, but the following Monday, I believe, uh, the 31st, with my sit-down that I just conducted with the selfie-made man, Vern Vicala, we nice. talked about earlier. Very nice. Looking forward to that. Uh, yes, and continue listening to Nitromania on Wednesdays, and uh, we'll see what happens when uh, NXT Revisited comes back. We'll yeah. have to shuffle that around. So, so about Nitromania. Okay. I'm enjoying the crap out of the show. Oh, well, thank I like you. the perspective yes. of someone who hasn't seen it before going back and watching this, the Nitro episodes that I, that I grew up watching. I love the fact that you started off the first episode like 19 minutes and talked about it being too short. And then I looked this week and it's 11 it's, minutes. Yeah, this week was not good. <laughs> this week was not good. Um, it's a one-hour one show. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say if you it's not even it's like forty four minutes. If you watch uh the actual episode of Nitro, he, he really does say all that needs <laughs> to be said. So hey, pasta still rules, brother. Johnny be bad. <laughs> and his load. Of confetti. Of confetti. Uh check out our friends. See, I don't think yeah, see I think this happens after the whole uh you missed the whole uh Johnny B. Bad Brian Pillman gimmick. Yeah. Because at one point they did a loser leaves town match where Johnny B. Bad beat Brian Pillman, so then Brian Pillman put on a mustard yellow jumpsuit and a yellow mask and called himself the Yellow Dog, which led to a big showdown. I believe it was at the Great American Bash one year, where Brian Pillman enters the ring in his Yellow Dog costume, and uh, Johnny B. Bad is making his way down, and the camera pans right into the face of the Yellow Dog, who you can clearly tell is Brian Pillman in time for him to look right into the camera and say, Johnny, don't be bad. Johnny, be gay. So. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Good job, Brian. I was glad that when he turned heel after losing to Johnny, be bad at fall brawl, that he actually got his last name back. So. Uh, He was always flying Brian Pillman. Hmm. No, no, no. They were they left out the Pillman for a good few yeah. in, in the <laughs> announcement, but they always referenced it in commentary and stuff. Uh, yeah, speaking of which, I don't know speaking of what, but that's not a segue at all, but it's the best that I got right now. Check out our <laughs> friends, uh, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett over on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Facebook.com slash the WPAN. Uh, and I always. hear tell a rumor, Adam, that they those two might be doing a little something uh, at El Mundo this Sunday themselves. What? So that'll be worth uh, checking out. Indeed. Always a good lesson. Although, although this week the Kingpin apparently ditched Crockett and didn't show up for the show, and <laughs> Crockett had to go solo. So, yeah. But give them a listen. They're helping us out. We're helping them out. We uh, appreciate their support. Uh, search for us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or Podomatic. Everywhere great podcasts are sold. Uh, under the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, if you subscribe, you get the podcast delivered to you absolutely free each and every week. Zero dollars, zero cents. Did you say sold? Do we sell this shit? Yeah, that was the joke. Thank you. <laughs> well, no, I just want to make sure there's not money floating around that I'm missing out on getting a cut of. To quote the, to quote the gif that Troy always posts in the host thread, that's the joke. Um, <laughs> Are we still doing that? <laughs> I actually I actually used that gif on a Twitter post the other day. Um Anyway, uh, if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, that'll help other people find us. If you leave a text review, we'll read your name and your review at the end of a future episode. And if you leave a three-star review, Adam will lose his shit. And that's entertaining, too. (laughs) Maybe not as much this time, now that it's not ruining a perfect five-star score, but uh, we'll see what happens. 
Uh, Is there a way you can protest that three star and say, listen, I think we're much better than that? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, Thanks to everybody for listening uh, each and every week. Thanks to everybody in the chat room. Who we got, Jason? We have Matt Riley was in there. We had uh, Smathers was in there. Uh, Kogo Sean, Kenny Lockhart in the place. And uh, Nina Marie stopped by, too. So thank you to everybody. Thank you, Sal. Oh, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jason. You're welcome. And thanks to Ray Williams for the logo. Uh, thanks to I Fight Dragons at iFightDragons.com for the theme song. Jess? What? 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 Is that the theme song? What? Next week! You're going to thank her for the logo. What? The theme song. What? Being on the side. What? Co-hosting. What? Listening. What? Next week we'll talk about Battleground. Maybe. Uh, what actually happened. Unless it sucks balls, in which case we <laughs> might just gloss right the fuck over it and go to discussing our experiences at the El Mundo Festival this <laughs> Sunday at Fenway Park. Indubitably. Uh, as always. By the way, if any of the boys mm-hmm. are listening to this show, please note that I will be hitting up every fucking one of you to appear on the run down sit down <laughs> of the show. Be prepared. Huzzah. Plan uh, your excuses accordingly. Just saying. I was just going to say <laughs> that. As Taz always. might be there. Taz might <coughs> show up for the El Mundo Festival. <laughs> you right there, pal? <laughs> Sound a little horse, pal. Goddamn, pal. Take a lozenge. Vascular. Uh, as always, Bree, Zong, fuck yourself. You sound congested. <laughs> you sound... Are you saying you sound like the, the giant in 1995 with Nitro? I finally figured it out what that voice reminds me of. And it's not Vince. It's fucking Bat-Dad. You sound like Bat-Dad when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, look it up. It's great. Um, uh, well, I'll tell you. I'll explain off the air. Uh, Breeze on. Go fuck yourself. You already said that. Uh, uh, I, 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 I believe you mean fashion. Please yourself. And of course, take care, boldy faces. See you next Thursday. Until, until August. Then it's Wednesday. Then the joke's not going to work See you next anymore. Wednesday. That doesn't work like yeah. that. <laughs> then I can't well, call people. If we record oh. on Wednesday, it'll still be posted on Thursday, so that still kind of technically works. Wait, should I still... See you next Thursday! Should I still be recording, or are we... Who knows? Is this banter that we're going to use, or is this something I should just stop now? Or is this one of those things you're going to put at the end to make me sound like an idiot? Alright, I'm stopping recording now. Should I stop recording? Seriously, tell me. Are we still recording? Alright, fuck it. I'm stopping. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast is produced, hosted, and barely edited, if at all, by me, Adam Salzer. And this week featured Jason Stewart, Sal DeCheca, and just a little bit of Andrew Lister as well. Uh, we are a proud charter member of the Questionable Endeavor Network. Check out all of our shows, including our other wrestling shows, the Raw Attitude Podcast and the New Blood Rising Podcast, plus articles, Twitch streams, and more at questandnetwork.com. And be sure to tune in next week 
for an all-new episode of The Rundown Wrestling Sup, bitches, we're Pwn Stars, a video game podcast about developers, one host obsession with Genji's butt, and other random shit. Also, we give you gaming news that you probably already knew the fuck about. Who likes Genji's butt? Who knows? Just ask us. So join us every week for your dose of random gaming. So random, half the time, we don't even know what the fuck we're going to talk about. Josh, got anything to add? I don't do good with the short stuff, only the long stuff. That's what she said. Giggity. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and always on the Questionable Never Network.